Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night. night. The anti slut shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> hey, fuckers, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. This is the anti slut shaming podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Talkspace, the online therapy company. For as little as $32 a week, you can pick an experienced licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with, each and every one having at least a master's degree and over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to talkspace.com slash GWF. And to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this podcast, use the code GWF. That's GWF at Talkspace.com slash GWF. Fun fact, when Steven and I were fighting, he signed up for Talkspace. Didn't use a promo code, though. But yeah, that really, was insulting. Yeah, that was a bummer, but uh, he really likes it, so. Well, that's good. I Comes, guess that's the real point. Yeah, exactly. That's why I said that, not to just, you know, berate him for not using the coupon code that we say every week come see us live hey you in philadelphia pennsylvania on friday september 15th i am headlining the philly comedy club and wendy starling will be joining me as a feature and we're very excited you should come hang oh and on that same day in new york city friday september 15th at 11 15 p.m it's my birthday edition of nacho bitches at new york comedy club this is the usually the fastest ticket selling uh, event of the year mostly because like real people i know in real life also come so if you want to come to that make sure to get your tickets asap it's still just ten dollars with code nacho hosted by myself and blair saki and new york comedy club is 241 east 24th street a happy amelia do you like that? Was that free? Was that cool? <laughs> Great. <clears throat> Emilio. No, I'm just fucking with him. He didn't make me say that. But oh, okay. I always, every time he says anything, I'm like, do you know how many thousands of dollars of free ads you've gotten on guys? We fuck. People walk by New York Comedy Zip Club. Zip it. To just like stare in the window and be like, is that what Corinne and Christina <laughs> It's like the Sex in the City to- tour. Yeah, except it was just one stop. Very low grade. <laughs> very, very low grade. Hey, Canada. Toronto, specifically. We're going to be in yet September 21st. It's just September 21st. We've been saying 21st and 22nd. Well, because they didn't give us the exact dates. They tried to make up some other things. Things. Yeah. And now we know definitively it is just a, there's two shows. On we September were going to do like a talk at 1030 in the morning on the 22nd. We were both like, nah, well, nah, no one would be there. That. It would be me and you talking to each other. We could do that in our Which, hotel room. Exactly. Uh, so uh, on the 21st, we're going to be doing a Q&A talk thing. I don't really have a lot of details on that, but I know it's around. It's going to be, I think, at 445. Mm-hmm. We proved that. That's and correct. then uh, later that night, we're going to be doing a live episode of Guys We Fucked in a very gigantic theater. So you got to buy tickets to that and we ha- and sell it out. And uh, Or otherwise, you know. we just won't come back ever. I mean, I, that's how that works. What, I'm not. Yeah. It's, no. not a, it's not a uh, threat. I, that's just how touring works. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday, September 23rd at 7.30 p.m., Wendy Starling and I are co-hosting Glamapus at Zinc Bar in the West Village, 82 West 3rd Street. Uh, tickets in the link of, for this description. Uh, and Boston on Sunday, September 24th at 7.30 p.m., I'm headlining Laugh Boston with special guest James Myers and very special guest <gasps> Christina Hutchinson. She's so pretty. Uh, this show is now like two-thirds sold out, so get your tickets ASAP. Use code Alfred for $15 tickets. 
Monday, September 25th, which is the next day in Boston as well. I'm headlining City Side Boston. Admission is free, but you need to make a reservation. I'm doing Vanessa Bear's impression I knew a little it. Jewish boy. I knew what you're doing. Oh. <laughs> Jews, Jews know. Do well, you know, I mean, do you know what I was doing? I think just people who watch <laughs> SNL know. Oh, that's true. Uh, and the New York Comedy Festival in New York City, if you want to travel in for it, I highly recommend it. On Thursday, November 9th, Christine and I are doing Guys We Fucked the Experience at the Tribeca Performing Arts Center. Center. This is the biggest day we that. have played in New York City yep. ever in our careers. Gonna be the best day of your life. As the guys we fucked comedy people. So I really highly recommend coming in for this. Like a lot of great people are going to be, you know, in the audience, not in the show. Just us is in the, is in the show. So don't expect any special guests because <laughs> it's literally just us. <laughs> but expect it to be special. Yeah, like Lady Gaga is not going to come on. But shit, she is She's more than welcome to buy a ticket to the show. <laughs> Stephanie, get a ticket. Also, the last event I would like to say is happy belated birthday to Beyonce. <laughs> uh, it was Jesus's birthday this past Monday and the Hutchinson household celebrated Christmas. Hey. Oh, it's Paula's birthday today. Oh, really? Not I'm Friday, happy. like today, Wednesday, oh, when, we're recording. when we're recording. Yeah. Lift knows. That their drivers are what keep them moving. Literally. 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 So they do everything they can to ensure that drivers are happy on every trip. Earn hundreds of dollars a week plus 100% of your tips, which add up fast. Drivers have been paid over $200 million since Lyft introduced in-app tipping before any other ride-sharing platform. Because getting tips shouldn't depend on your passenger having a crumpled bill in their pocket. So true. Lyft also offers express pay, which lets you get paid almost instantly instead of weeks later. Want to earn more money? Drive more. It's never been easier to give yourself a raise. Lyft has even taken the guesswork out of pickups. The new AMP device uses color coding to help passengers find their drivers. It's a simple formula. Happy drivers means happy passengers. Maybe that's why nine out of 10 Lyft rides get a perfect five-star rating. I don't know. You fucking figure it out. <laughs> so join the ride-sharing company that believes in treating everyone better. Go to Lyft with, with a Y, because that's better with a Y, dot com slash GWF today, and you can get a $500 new driver bonus. That's Lyft with a Y dot com slash GWF. Limited time only. Terms apply. Last ad, last ad alert. Promise, we promise. Thank you so much to our last ad of the day. Third Love, you know them. They're the bra company. Okay, guys, look, it's no secret. Bra shopping is a drag. Uh, Yeah, I don't like bra shopping mostly because of that part where you take the bras into the changing room and then the lady fucking keeps knocking on the door and trying Honey, to Honey, did that size work? Your fucking boobs. Honey, do you want me to look at it? Nothing. I, I mean, it, I honestly am fine with people touching my body from doing years of theater, but that I just really fucking don't like uh and like and everyone's always talking at like a way louder volume like you don't have to talk with shame in your voice but also you don't have to scream out about like you're like just are like, your nipples overflowing? Yeah, that's weird. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, that's weird. But what if you could skip all the hassle and find a perfect fitting bra in minutes? Sound uh, good? Yeah. Got to check out Third Love. Just take Third Love's online fit finder quiz, and they'll recommend the bra that's right for your size and shape. I've taken this; it does work. Um, 
They're obsessed with finding the perfect fit. That's why Third Love is the only lingerie brand that offers bras and half cup sizes, which just like half shoe sizes is super helpful and you can get a tighter, more comfortable fit. Best of all, you can try one of Third Love's amazingly comfortable bras for free for 30 days. Just pay $2.99 for shipping. You can really work this bra in. You can cut the tag off, wash it, wear it all day. Shake your titties in a bra, You can girl. You can work out. You can roll around in the dirt with your dog. You can f- hang it out the window to dry. Whatever you want to do. We're not going to check. I mean, you know, maybe don't like jizz on it and send it back, but whatever you want. But it, you could. You can. Technically. That's just kind of rude. Yeah, uh, it's mean. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> you might even forget that it's on. If Third Love uh, isn't your favorite new bra, no problem. Just return or exchange it for free. But right now, go to thirdlove.com slash GWF to find your perfect fitting bra and try it for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com slash GWF. Okay. Third love. Titties. <laughs> oh, also, um, a lot of people have been asking us about the music on this podcast. Um, like, who's that song? I want to... Di- Every episode, every song that is played in that episode is in the description for that episode. Just scroll to the bottom. Just scroll. To the Sometimes bottom. I feel like no one actually listens scrolling, scrolling, to the podcast. These are, Sometimes I agree. This with is you. information we've given AKA out a lot of times. Fucking fifty thousand times, and that's why Trump's president, guys. Listen um, and pay attention. GWF podcast music at gmail.com. Streaming links. If you got a band and the band doesn't suck. Also, speaking of getting touch weird or mm, Okay. Yeah, I'm interested to hear this. So I usually go to, she's a, she's a good friend of mine, but she also, I get a lot of massages. I've gotten a lot uh, yes, of massages because my, mm-hmm. my, I'm always sore. Mm-hmm. I'm always fucking cracking my, and twisting and fucking whatever. Always constantly sore. So always getting massages. And uh, I usually go, I always go to my friend, Michelle Sinecora. She is a good friend of mine, but she's also the, it's the best massage I've ever had. I've never had anybody Very like. Very talented lady. Yeah. Like just finds knots that I didn't even know I had. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like a new human. At Vita by Michelle. You guys are all look her up. Michelle with one L. Anyway, she's in Italy for two weeks mm-hmm. with her fiance. Mm-hmm. So she's all busy being Italian and fancy and she can't, you know, rub her limbs into my body. So it really sucks, but I hope she's having fun. <laughs> I got a massage uh, at another place. I just called the place up and they had, a, they were like, oh, you only have a guy. Is that okay? Right. Remember how I used to be like, no, what's right. weird. But now I'm like, yes, sure. Of course. I, I, I prefer shit. women too. Um, but now I, I'm truly, truly comfortable with it. Um, and I'm in the waiting room area, a little, when there's a lot of people there and, uh, and this little Asian guy who looks, I mean, he, he looks, 13 like or 14 but he, he you know i know he's not but he looks young he's super short and mm-hmm. he has like thick black glasses on like a nerdy cute little like he seemed like cool i don't know mm-hmm. like a young kid you know and he was very polite he's like hey christine okay you know he takes me back and it's like okay any areas you want me to focus on it was the most erotic experience of my fucking life i there was one point where when he told me to turn over i was just like I was, I just like, I I was like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I was hoping that I, he was going to touch my vagina the whole time. Oh, okay. He didn't, he didn't, but he touched my inner thighs. That's totally normal though. Oh yeah. But I've never had anybody touch them. I've had guys massage me so many times. Mm -hmm. No one, I have never been attracted to a person just solely based on the way they touch. 
but God damn it, if I'm not in love, this guy touched me in a way. I was soaking wet afterwards. I could not even believe <laughs> I was even capable of being this, ar- going from zero, truly zero, to wow, do you touch my pussy now? Like, do you ever watch massage porn? Yes, I oh, do. See, I do too. I always do, but that never, it doesn't matter because I'm so goddamn sore. See, I thought this was going to go a completely different direction, but I know I know who you're talking about, first of oh, all. Oh, really? Yes, I, I mean, he's a friend of mine. Oh, uh, he's so, oh yeah. God, that makes me, oh I know man. who you're talking about. Now every about. time I see an Asian guy on the street, <laughs> I get turned on. Like that's the Pavlonian response. That he, is, is, he is very cute and he does, I know he has a way about him. Like a lot of, I, I know, a lot he, of people who have crushes on him. He didn't have a way. That's the thing, though. He does, me, if you know him. Yeah. He only had a way about him with his touch to me because I didn't really get to talk yeah, about him. Yeah, yeah. You have to kind of know I, him. I was like praying that my nipple would like pop out of the towel when he like <laughs> I turned over and that he would touch me. And he touched my stomach. Yeah. I've never had a masseuse. It's not common. I've had a couple uh, massage therapists do it, but it's I, not common. My heart was, it was like the fucking goddamn scene in the notebook where Noah and Allie do it on the fucking abandoned house in front oh, of I've the fireplace. Oh, I've never seen the notebook, but yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I just you never got around it, to it. Um, but oh, I'm turned on even thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, God damn. Uh-oh. I have never had anybody to, I'm, I can't, I can't, I don't even really give many adjectives that are helpful in describing the way he touched me, but it was just very slow and sometimes you just have a good touch. Uh, in my experience, people who are not Jesus. white have a better touch. Like I, I really like black women. Oh, yeah, that's my yeah, yeah. favorite. I feel like they have the best. Oh yeah. I had a masseuse. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Touch was, in my opinion. Yeah. It's just very, um, just, you could tell that someone cares. It's weird, but you could tell if someone cares about you by the way they touch you. Even if it's a masseuse, like, I don't know. I, I can tell when they're not into it and when they are like when they're yeah. focused or when they're like, Oh shit, I gotta pay my bill. You know what I mean? I, I kind of tell my, based off. the Well, massage. yeah. My favorite all time though, was a, was an Asian woman at that same place where that Asian guy was. I, she I, moved back to I Japan though. About, oh, that sucks. Yeah. I keep thinking about this massage. But then I'm like, I hope he, he's getting something sexual. I hope he's enjoying this as much as I am. Well, he he truly loves the art of massage. I hope he gets like, I mean, I wouldn't even mind. I was like, does he have a boner right now? How does he, how could he not have a boner the way he's touching me? I mean, I would hope not. That would be super unprofessional. He didn't, but I was a little, <laughs> and I was like, found See, myself See, that's what going, I thought you were going to tell me. And I was no. like, and I was going to be really upset. No, I, I I honestly was upset he didn't have a boner. I, I, I was like, I thought we were on the same page. I was so <laughs> turned on by this i can't even i don't even know what to do i can't even talk about it it's so I so get, like, well, the question is are you gonna go and, rec- and 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 request this person again next time you go or do you feel weird about it i mean i want to request them again all mm-hmm. the time now i want to do a two can you do a three-hour massage or do a three-hour massage you can do but, two hour that's the longest that uh, that place right, offers cool sign me the fuck up <laughs> uh but i i wow i didn't know i could be moved like that through touch and uh, by this guy who's just so cute like I you know I don't I would be friends with him in real life but I would never he's just not a person like he's shorter and he's I wouldn't be attracted to him normally because he's just this like sweet well, little you brother kind of figure him as a 12 year old he doesn't look 12 he looks to me like, he did he looks like tw- he looks in young. his 20s all right well <laughs> I don't know what age anybody is anymore but I was like I, honestly I was so I was so <laughs> fucked up my world was so fucked up after that I didn't have any sense of like right and wrong how old people are what <laughs> dog breeds are i didn't even know i was so enthralled what how did how much how much did you tip him oh so much money i gave him so much money and i and i and I, I know you like to tip high when you're feeling feeling horny saucy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I get to see you tucking a hundred dollar bill you into know an how, envelope. Have you ever been to a strip club and you've, and you've seen a man fall in love with a stripper and you see the stripper work it and you're like, oh man, that I girl mean, is yeah, playing that, you. I, that, my oh, friend that, from Kill Tony who yes. I bought the lap dance for. The first, we bought his first yeah. lap dances. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, it was like, I, I now understand that. Yeah. I was like, are you my boyfriend? Yeah. Like I thought we were going to get married. Yeah. But that's why during, so, I mean, like, so when I was working at, at, a, at the, at the spa that I worked at for many years, like people would commonly come in during a divorce and like have full on meltdowns because they hadn't been touched in so long. Oh, like even when I was really sad during my Frank breakup, I would go and get massages just because like to have someone touch you who was not like who you didn't owe anything to or who who couldn't hurt you emotionally yeah. but could touch you physically i mean and that and so and i think anyone who's been through that experience should be able to understand prostitution totally. and why someone would go through that because you do need that and sometimes it's really just easier to emotionally separate yourself and pay for it but some people yeah. are not even some people even with strippers and 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 various sex workers aren't unable to separate right so that's I've, why you you know fall in love with a stripper i've never wanted to think someone to finger me so badly i was just like so oh what my would God. you do if he did <laughs> sit back and enjoy man would you tell steven oh yeah i would i mean i told when i came home i was like steven well i figured you i have would. the most erotic experience <laughs> and he was like what and I, I told him and i was like i'm sorry but God damn well you can't control it it's not like I, you, no. you just got a massage you didn't do anything crazy no I mean mm, 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 mm. and you weren't horny at all before you walked in not at all we were gonna go to Six Flags the next or Dorney Park uh, and, and we were gonna yeah, but I was stressed out because my mom's going through all this health shit and 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 um yeah I, I I was so not in that mind space I've never been so my world has never been it was like someone took off these foggy glasses and I was like <laughs> horny again. I was so much fun. That well, that's experience. good. I, I just can't believe how well worth it, was. it. And also, I'm so glad that story took the direction that it that took because I thought you thought I was gonna you say were going to get boner. molested, nah. and I was like, I really did not want to hear. I wanted I wa- to, it's I nice get, but to it's not molesting. If, it's not molesting if. It, I mean, what he if he would have touched me, it would have been very it, inappropriate if he had touched you, <sighs> unless you had initiated it. And mm, even I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, and but even that's still, har- that's sexual harassment. I can't. It do is that. sexual harassment, and even still, it would have been inappropriate, just not to you. Yeah, you ever wanted to touch <laughs> somebody, and you're like, eh, this is a gamble. Yeah, I feel I, like that's what sure. men think every day. Sure. Um. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to, and I did. I did. I knew even how horny I was, and how just wrapped up in the new universe I was exposed to. Uh, I still knew enough to not do that. But he was like, "How was it?" And I was like, "It was so good. <laughs> it was so good." <laughs> Can you? Oh God! Anyway, yeah. Well, how are you? In a different direction. My tra- ah, shit. My trainer just asked me out, and I was like, God oh, damn it! No, damn does it. he not listen to the fucking podcast? No, I don't. He doesn't even know the name of it. I don't. That's because oh, you he, don't talk. All he's I do been, is talk to tell you. He's like, been he's been uh, flirty since day one. The last thing I need oh. to do is tell him about this podcast. I'll take it over the edge. Yeah, but the, oh, okay. True, he's true, very true, true, nice true. and like, it, but it, it's a real like. It's it, it makes me feel a lot of different ways because it's like. We can't tell men that they're not allowed to like hit on people. You have to be able to try. Of course. So, but it's like now, if once, once you try once and the person says no, then you need to stop. 
Because I was right. thinking about that. I was like, it, it is- doesn't work on some people. To some people, the persistence is like, oh, wow, he just persisted. And I. Well, because of the I relationship yes, we have, though, it's trainer and client. And we had. That's we, inappropriate. And the following week before, we had been like, you know, because I knew where he was going with this, but I was just hoping he wouldn't because it makes me mm. feel uncomfortable because I really, I don't even like p- people hitting on me in spaces where it's fine to hit on people. Right. Um, and it's also like, he's a really tough trainer and I finally have adjusted to his fucking killing me ways. So it's like, I want to keep training with him because because right, it works and it's good and well it's, and because i fucking went through hell to even be able to get through one of the session like I, I mean truly i was every week i wanted to cry it was the toughest training i've ever been through in my entire wow. life but uh uh yeah and then i was just like god damn it oh that sucks uh, see that's why i got i when i signed up at, at the gym i was like give me a gay guy or a girl and the guy was like well i can't give you somebody because of their sexual orientation i'm like all right all right you know what i fuck i mean i just don't want a straight guy because you can do if, gender though yeah. if i'm gonna be attracted to him or if he's gonna be i just don't want even the possibility I just, I'm just here to get fit. I would never be, I'm never worried about falling for a trainer because I could never date someone who worked out professionally because they would be (laughs) on my ass all the time about like anytime I try to eat a candy bar or something, I don't need that shit in my life. I just don't want that. Yeah. I just don't want the distraction of being attracted to. Yeah. No, I mean all my basic, like all my trainers are hot, but like I'm not, they can be hot, but I'm not attracted to them. Right. 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 So I'm just like, oh, it's fine. Did he ask you out? Well, like, I mean, basically, he went. He didn't f- officially do it because, but he like he went to the steps because he was like, "You said you had a boyfriend, right?" And I was like, "I mean, like we all know this is oh, where Jesus. it's going." It was inching towards that every week, every week. Oh, that's so uncomfortable when you're like, you you want to. I know what you want to ask me, and I don't want you to. And ask I mean, me I basically told him last week. I go, you know, I was I was just like, mm, you know, it's like I was like, you, no matter what, you gotta like, you gotta keep it appropriate. Boundary. I was like, you can't. You shouldn't be like dating clients. Yeah. And he's like, in my 10 years, I've only done it one time. He's like, I've only, um, he's like, I, I dated seriously one girl. And I was like, well, I mean, that's okay. You have to, you know, you have to meet people somewhere. I understand that. I like to yeah, say, like, you spend a lot of time with your trainer. I, Italian and I are like good friends now because we spend so much time together. I get yeah, it. We all do. And then, and then the, uh, and then he's like, and then I hooked up with one. And I was like, I mean, all right. That's but in ten years, two people is not. He's a good, really good looking, charismatic person. But it's like, it's it's just weird. I mean, it's I don't feel uncomfortable honestly because of his personality. Like I don't. I'll just be like, (laughs) shut up. Yeah, shut the fuck up. But you know, Uh, I just does he touch your butt? When you work out? Not in like a weird, not in a... In a know, trainer way? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Tommy used to be a trainer, so he explained to me, he's like, basically, people should always be keeping their hand flat. So if they think oh. they can touch your butt, but it should be with a flat hand, not with a cupped hand. He's oh, like, yeah. That's, so that's they, a grab. Well, I mean, you know, because there's a... I mean, not a grab, but like there could be a light cupping, but it should basically be, you should be touching... Because they have to touch your body a lot when they train you, but it should always mm-hmm. be with a flat hand. And I was like, whatever. It's just like, just like, fucking leave me alone. The one place I don't want to get hit on, I mean, is everywhere, but also <laughs> the gym. I really hate getting hit on. I just don't, just leave me alone. <laughs> I have never witnessed you getting hit on, I don't think, but I, I'm so pissed that I haven't. It's Because I feel like it would be Well, because I usually do watch. anything in my, I do everything in my power to give off signals, like, do not fucking talk to me. I have, have you ever, I've done this before, like, if I'm at a bar and some guy's like, hey, you're, I love you, uh, whatever, I'm like, all right, let's just fast forward. Thank you very much. Have a boyfriend. But even if I didn't have a boyfriend, I'm not interested. I don't want to be hit on right now. Can we stop? And they get so pissed. Oh, I yeah. That's rude. I usually tell, tell people there's like a time limit. I'm like, oh, it's 10 a.m. I don't actually up, uh, accept um, people hitting on me until 1130. So that's when I use a lot. Mm-hmm. I just give them a little time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. 
Okay. Let's read some emails. Mm -hmm. Um, This email real quick. I'm going to read. Some people are just ugly and that's oh fucking K. Oh yeah. I like that email. Me too. Um, I just finished the episode, uh, the um, free speech and you interviewed my idol, Nadine. She's one of the reasons I'm currently studying for the LSAT and planning on going to law school in 2019. Christina, you asked for a fat woman's opinion on the censorship debacle. And here I am. Sorry, this is so long. Girl, don't be sorry. I am medically morbidly obese, according to my BMI. First of all, BMI is an inaccurate description of the ration of... Ration? Did I say that right? God, I can't pronounce shit. Oh, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't have it. keep thinking about that masseuse. Uh, Ration of fat to muscle as it does not take into account the fatty tissue that everyone has. It should be ratio. Ratio. Right? Yeah. Uh, Ration is like, I'm poor. Give me bread whatever well anyway. i mean there's a, b- a couple ways to use that but yeah she means i believe she means ratio okay um it does d- bmi does not take into account the fatty tissue that everyone has especially women that protects their internal organs for example 90 percent of women have one breast bigger than the other typically the left one because it is uh, it is larger uh than the other in order to protect their heart i thought that was really cute i have polycystic ovarian syndrome and hypo hypothyroidism which makes it really fucking hard to lose weight i'm basically healthy with good cholesterol blood blood pressure, insulin levels, etc. I work out three days a week and I walk two miles to and from work five days a week, but I'm fat. I was a chubby kid, but really starting gaining weight when I was 16. And I'll tell you why. When I was 14, I was bullied for my weight. So I joined Weight Watchers and lost 60 pounds through diet and exercise. My mom was the proudest she had ever been of me and bought me a whole new wardrobe. The day after I reached my goal weight, I was raped by my sister's 25 year old police officer friend. And he told me I was quote, so pretty now, emphasis on the now, that he couldn't resist himself. This Mm. was two days after my 15th birthday. My sister told me it was my fault for being attractive and her friends told me the same. What did being pretty get me? So after that, I sought comfort in food and felt safest at a heavier weight. For me, being skinny... Uh, cannot be my goal. I get terrified at the thought of it because it makes me feel weak and vulnerable to rape. I guess to me, the notion that fat people are harder to kidnap rings true. So now I am 230 pounds and the happiest, least anxious and feeling the safest I ever have. I work out to feel strong, but being skinny is genuinely not on the horizon for me right now. I'm healthy. I'm happy. And most of all, I can crush a rapist's head with my thighs alone. (laughs) Uh, it is so fucking ridiculous to me that you, Corinne, were told not to talk about your body or your weight. My weight and my body are the foundation of my life. The things I do or don't do revolve around how safe I feel in a way I and the way I look. And to be silenced about my body means to be silenced about my rape, my relationship with my sister and my life. I have been really skinny at 115 pounds and I have been really fat at 290 pounds. And I'm so sick of people saying, oh, Jess, you're not fat. Yes, I am. It's not a secret. You are not saving me from some torturous revelation that I don't look like Jessica Alba. Guess what? I already figured that out for myself. Thanks. As Christina said during the episode, fat people know they are fat. I think you said that. Uh, My mind said that. Not every woman is beautiful. Every woman, regardless of her weight, height, hair, skin color, or sexual orientation, is valuable. Beauty is not the only worth that women have in society. Some people are just fucking ugly, and that's okay. Their contribution to society, whether they are good-looking or not, does not depend on the way they look. Breaking news, ugly people contribute to society just as much as pretty people. I would venture to say probably more. Yeah, I mean, I would also like, say more. Way more. Not aesthetically, but. No, but everything else, which is important. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you define beauty. It does not correlate worth with worth. Uh, it has nothing to do with value. Stop telling women they are beautiful when they know they are not. It is condescending and women have so much more to offer to the world than their physical appearance. Appearance. 
to say that you can't comment on how you feel about yourself because it might upset audience members or derail the brand is absolutely insane. Every woman has feelings about the way she looks, whether you talk about it in your set or not. To say you can't speak about it is belittling and an insult to every woman who has ever looked at herself in the mirror and thought, God damn, I wish I was different. Sorry, if this is really disjointed. I'm currently at work and have a uh, to minimize every time my boss walks by. A little background info. 22, born in England, spent 13 years in the U.S., just graduated from university. Uh, sorry for rambling. Thanks for reading your faithful fucker. Um, yeah, I just I like that email a lot and I wanted to read it. I like it, too. But I, I also want to point out that while this person is heavy because of obviously a really horrendous event in her life, it's uh, it's and you, health. You, you can just also be heavy like it's that's also it doesn't have to be oh it doesn't have you to don't be have something bad happens. you don't have to use it as a shield like if you're just fine being like heavy like even honestly like even if you're unhealthy like lots of people do unhealthy things like do whatever the fuck you want yeah well it just makes me sad because as um uh i probably have talked about before i do love the show my 600 pound life mm-hmm. and like i mean obviously to get to that kind of weight usually these people have deep mental issues and they are none of them are healthy because you just right. can't after well, a certain point you just can't be healthy anymore um, but they're like every time there is something and like they always have to get therapy to go along with their weight loss surgery because there is like a real reason usually right. um, usually a rape or a loss is very common for mm. why they're eating so you eat to fill the void you eat to protect yourself um, but if you just like to eat to eat me like me that's, that's okay a, too. that's also fine yeah <laughs> um but yeah jesus that was a very complex uh story and yeah i mean i, th- I think it's as i kind of mentioned i think it's more demeaning to like pretend like a fat person isn't fat also too when at, uh, i think ashley graham spoke out about this but uh she was put on the cover of she's always put on so many covers of magazines a, a famous plus side model beautiful girl like stunning girl Karen and I sat across from her on the subway once and then I asked her to the podcast and she said yes but then the girl didn't email me back anyway that's not the point the point is I feel like she gets paraded around like see she's curvy and she's okay shut the fuck up just well, let also, her exist but it's also just so dumb because she, because <sighs> she's also Strikingly gorgeous oh my and completely like and completely proportional. So that's like not. But two, I I just I hate the notion of like uh just. It's okay to be curvy, girl. Just shut up. Just shut up. Just be yourself. Just uh, love yourself, whatever you are, and good day. Well, I, and also, I mean, I think the war is really on ugly women, not fat women, in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't know. It's on. It's on every woman for everything we fucking do. Oh. <laughs> I don't really feel that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so prostitution. That's this next email we're reading. Uh, Dear Corinne and Christina, I really enjoy listening to your podcast. I feel that you are great advocates on a very important mission. The thing I love your podcast most for uh, is that you have such a broad variety of people you interview. You make it obvious that we as a feminist or people with a political agenda cannot just talk to people who we always agree with, who always agree with us. It is easy for feminists to get caught in their own bubble where they can pretend the world is magical and everyone else is just wrong. But also that is what makes them lose any impact on the real world. That is why I love the variety of people you interview. This email is actually about something that I disagree with you on. I apologize in advance for this is probably going to be a long email, although I'll try to make it short. You could cut a paragraph out right there with the apologies. Um, In your last episode, you talked about sex work again. I am really sick of these so-called feminist perspective on prostitution or sex work. I think it is absolutely irresponsible for displaying it the way you girls do. 
women. Uh, when I was 17, I got into <laughs> prostitution for the first time after a long history of rape and sexual assault that dated back to when I was nine years old. I had always been a feminist in fighting slut shaming. So I was introduced to the idea that becoming a prostitute is feminist very early. As you might know, people with rape trauma syndrome, especially when it started as early as nine, almost always develop some kind of extremely self-destructive hypersexuality. Side note, this is very true for men as well and often overlooked in men who are, quote, addicted to sex, etc. But how males are never pictured as victims of assault and how self-destructive hypersexuality of men is rarely ever seen as a consequence of them having had sexual encounters with older people when they were young is another issue. But I also want to hint at the fact that a lot of objectification and this my girlfriend is sacred, but I don't like sex. I only want to fuck whores concept often comes from that same place. When people have learned that sexuality is abuse and they are the ones abused, they tend to consider abusing others arousing for two reasons. Sorry, this is there's a lot of typos in here. First, because that is the way they learned sex works. And second, because they can take back control over what happened to them in a fucked up way. Okay, I get this. But subconsciously, knowing firsthand how terrible abuse feels, they can't do that to their beloved partner, but only to a person Mm -hmm. they despise and objectify. But I'm getting uh, off topic in an email that is way too long either way. I feel that it is necessary to encourage people to not feel sexually ashamed, but we can't always encourage sexual behavior behavior regardless of the motives or age. I know that you always tend to be very careful giving advice to minors, which I appreciate. For me, that eventually led to prostitution. I talked to a lot of survivor friends who also have gone through similar self-destructive sexual phases. To them as well as to me, the idea of prostitution made a lot of sense. In prostitution, we would be getting no sexual pleasure in our work, just as we were used to in our experiences of rape and our self-destructive sex life, but at least we would be paid. I was surprised how we all developed this same logic individually, but it seems to be common. For me, this idea mixed with the big feeling of worthlessness and that I should hurt myself, as well as the fact that the feminist media I consumed, which told me the story of the happy hooker over and Mm. over again, getting into prostitution seemed like a good idea. Although I had a long history of sexual trauma and violence, example, uh, once my boyfriend tried to strangle me, The terrors of prostitution are the most horrific looking back. That is how bad it was. I don't really want to go into specifics of how terrible it was uh, to 12 hour shifts of fucking disgusting strangers and then barely being able to walk home. Mm. I tried to commit suicide a lot of times. My sex life will never be normal again. And I have a lot of flashbacks even when I'm with my partner. At the time, I found my way to downplay how horrible it was, much like having much like a person living in a war zone does not collapse from the psychological terror of the constant threat of death. Often people can only begin to stop repressing and start to feel the terror when the situation of threat and violence is over. A German prostitute described how she told herself prostitution was okay in this article, which I, well, I would link it, but I I literally think it's in German. So I'm not sure. She translated it though. I didn't see prostitution as negatively back then as I see it right now, but that also just isn't possible. Someone who... 
is in such a crappy situation and can't see a way out of it has to make it sound nice. Otherwise, that person can't bear the situation. So I drank, took drugs, and gossiped about Johns and pimps. I believed to be a proud whore. I am not the only one comparing the psychological situation of being a prostitute to the trauma of war. This study shows that two-thirds of prostitutes asked for the survey uh, showed signs of post-traumatic stress disorder that are otherwise found in people in war zones. Uh, And then she does another link. As I was in prostitution, I got to know only very few other prostitutes who were also German like me. Almost all of the women I encountered were from Eastern Europe. Uh Uh-huh. Eastern Europe is so poor that a lot of families send one of their daughters to prostitution in Germany so they can send money home. All in all, most of the people I met were forced into the situation by financial reasons, which is oddly always seen as deliberate anyways. And then, of course, there are people like me, people whose sexual past is so fucked up that abuse seems like the normal way to have sex to them um okay so this goes on and on uh oh actually you know what let me finish this because i think it has uh stuff um i personally doubt the existence of the happy hooker i mean there's only one book called that or porn person but that is only because i cannot imagine letting a stranger rape you for money uh cannot be traumatic to everyone, but I could be wrong. And these people might exist. And what they are publicly saying is not only something they tell themselves to survive much like I did, but what I know for a fact is that they are not the majority of sex workers. Agree. The majority of sex workers are people who lack other options or people to whom the fact that they don't have any sexual pleasure with partners is normal or those who have had unbearable assault experiences or uh, above all like me. Uh, I sincerely believe that we should not treat the probably existing 1% of happy hookers as the norm because it is incredibly harming for the 99%. I personally would not uh, ever have gotten into prostitution if it wasn't legal in Germany and if people hadn't told me over and over uh, that it is a job like any other. Although, of course, legally you have to be 18, which is still way too young. Germany has legalized prostitution uh, since 2001. And since then, giant brothels have made billions of euros while the situation for prostitutes hardly improved. That's interesting. For example, the number of victims of sex trafficking have increased since the legislation uh, as a study of the European Parliament Parliament stated, which makes sense because now that prostitution is legal, the police don't look into it as much anymore. Mm. And then demand for prostitutes has also increased rapidly. Germany is now the brothel of Europe with a lot of sex tourists. I am not necessarily in favor of outlawing prostitution because it makes it more difficult for prostitutes to be safe. Uh, example, when street pos- prostitutes get into a car quicker without analyzing whether the client is trustworthy because they want to get out of the eye of the police. Uh, but this hypocritical nonsense of pretending that because prostitution is legal now, it is all good. I just can't take it anymore. Whenever prostitution is debated in Germany, we tend to invite Hydra people, which is a lobby organization with a lot of older established prostitutes who are oftentimes brothel keepers or UEGD, just lobbying brothel owners, and treat their opinions like they weren't prof profiting off of the exploitation of young women. I don't really know about the situation in the U.S., though. What angers me the most are the men who visit prostitutes. No one can be sure of the fact uh, that their prostitute is being there deliberately. So in my eyes, if you don't give a shit about whether the other person can actually consent to sex and have sex with them anyways, that is like Russian rape roulette. I see that uh, is really 
I understand there's a language barrier here. Okay. I see that it is really tempting to claim that all prostitutes are able to choose their profession and tend not to be victims. It would be nice to live in a society where nobody had drug abuse problems, financial problems, or a rape trauma that led them to get into prostitution. But that just isn't the world we are living in. Uh, okay, that's it. Um, yeah, I love this email. Again, this is there is some uh, uh, country differences here because this uh, the state of prostitution in Germany does seem a lot different than the uh, state of prostitution in the U.S. Um, but also, I mean, I don't we don't uh, I don't really recall uh, times maybe on really early episodes where we like glorified sex work, especially prostitution, stripping sometimes cam girls sometimes, but prostitution. I mean, I actually wrote a big section of the book that I know you haven't read it yet. Cause it didn't come out yet, but our book, um, I did extensive uh, research on uh, sex work and the statistics 100% go along with what you're saying, where most people do have some kind of a mental disorder, uh, unhappiness, and there is a prevalence of sex work for the wrong reasons uh, in Eastern Europe, 100%. I mean, I I mean, it's the the, the thing that I always got tired of when we were talking about either prostitution, all of the sex work stuff. Is men, uh, certain guys being like, they have daddy issues. Oh, their daddy leave them. Daddy leave you. It's just such a fucking hacky thing to say, and I hate it, but that's really the only defending. That's not necessarily true. Well, I mean, true. I think the main just, point I is- personally know so many people that are in the right. porn and the stripping and the whatever, and they love their dad. I just, I hate that fucking. Well, and you can do what you want with stereotype. your body, I think is like the core the of everything thing. here. Mm. And unfortunately, if you're doing it because of mental reasons, then you just, you know, that's kind of on you to go seek therapy yeah. for that. It is. Yeah. So, unfortunately, yeah. And, yeah. you know, not to be heartless, but. <sighs> All right. These this interview today, guys, uh, it's it's great. Corinne and I took our equipment down to the Beacon Theater and we went backstage where Blondie and Garbage were roaming and we interviewed a California blues rock duo. Their real names. Uh, they're on tour right now. Uh, they have an album called Femagism. It's the fucking best album I've you gotta listen to it on Spotify on iTunes it just came out with an acoustic album um you go check out their website and follow them on tour their real names are Lindsay Troy and Julie Edwards but you may know them as Deep Valley We're here with Julie and Lindsay from Deep Valley. Hello. Hi. At 
at the beacon. I feel so cool. Yeah, we're backstage. You are so cool. I was saying uh, to her earlier, like, rocker babes are my favorite babes because you're just like the, just the ultimate babes. Well, oh, comedy babes you. are our favorite babes. It's true, yeah. <laughs> I was, oh I was talking with Steven about it. Like, I feel like comedians want to be musicians, like, specifically, specifically like, rock stars. And then there's a lot of musicians that are like, I want to do comedy. Like, I think John well, Mayer is getting into comedy. We do do comedy. You do? It pretty much is comedy. Do-do comedy. It's do-do comedy. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so how did you guys meet? Um, well, I guess I'll preface this by saying we've been asked this question like 6,000 times. But that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> that's like us in the origin of the podcast. We're like, right. Corinne got fucking dumped. Let's go. <laughs> cool. I like that simplification. Um, yeah, we've really, yeah, we've managed to. I can tell it. Yeah, I mean, we'll just, let's just reduce it like that. Let's yeah, reduce like, it. <laughs> Nutshell. Julie owned a knitting store in Los Angeles and I went in there to take a crochet class and that's how we met. Oh, it's kind of history. Us. That's a cute that's story, cute. though. That's good, and that's a perfect summation. That's great. Yeah. Um. So, what? A, what is a sexism in the music industry? This is probably another question you get. I'm just gonna get the generic ones out of the way. Um. Do you face it? Do you feel it? Do you see it? Any more than in regular everyday life? Exactly. Yeah. Because we get asked that, and it's like, well, for us, I know female comedians that have had gotten the shit under the stick because of their because they're a chick, but. Russ is not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's there. I mean, it's there. I mean, it's everywhere. But like, I've noticed it more like the farther along in our career we've gone, the more I notice it, which is what I've heard. Hmm. I've I've read articles about this also and like heard other women talking about this and like their careers. It's like younger women don't notice it as much and that that, like the further along in their career they get, whereas like. As the, everyone gets older and the men keep getting promoted and promoted and the women kind of still stay where they are. Yeah. You notice it as you get older. So I've noticed it like further along throughout our career where at the beginning I was actually surprised. I was like, oh, like I'm an equal. I, what? Yeah, it was amazing. But yeah. then you've kind of you see like your male peers doing something similar, get more recognition or more money or something for what you're doing, which becomes frustrating. So I don't know if there is like a glass ceiling there. It, if there is, it's frustrating. I, I think. Well, I think particularly in our genre rock and roll you know um there's just not a lot a lot of women and actually in the genre of rock and roll it's hard for almost any person of any gender to like hang on because yeah we're not we're not enjoying like the biggest uh renaissance or highest uh, (laughs) listener ship at the moment but um i don't know i think sexism takes so many different forms right there's like there's like assholes who are overtly sexist and they're just dick bags, right? And those exist. And then there's sexism that's like much more insidious and much more like enculturated and, you know, that many women as well as men are are guilty of and probably even us to a certain extent are guilty of like the way we perceive things and what we expect from who we're looking at or, you know. No, yeah, I, I feel it all the time. I was just saying to Corinne, uh, or I, I forget who I was talking to, but I was saying how when Trump got voted in to be president, uh, he did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I forget, and then two I seconds later, been I get reminded. I could have sworn <laughs> I just saw Melania on the street downstairs, but that's I think possible. Was we, she running? You should have sheltered her. She was taking <laughs> from her husband. She was <laughs> from everyone. She was taking a selfie while she was walking down the street, but I think it was just like a look, a hot lady, yeah. just a local babe. Well, yeah. one of the things I'd said was because that fifty whatever percent of like white women in the United States had voted for him, and I'm like, you, if you're a woman who voted for Trump, you must not respect yourself. You must. Not. And I went on this tirade, and then, and then I thought about, it. I was like, wait, a lot of men are voting for them because they're wealthy and they just know that he's going to give tax cuts to the rich. 
who's that's shitty of me to say that like women could be fucking rich too and want to keep their money and that's why they would vote for him so yeah. I was like oh. yeah right. maybe just women so, like, were hot on him you know maybe he's... he had the sex appeal card yeah you know you say that as a joke but I am certain Are you that that is the case oh I'm sure yeah. they wanted to fuck him well that honestly though really? I do think some people like well, if a guy treats you like shit that's some, a thing well you know but that's he's powerful thing. too right lifestyles of the rich and famous I mean yeah. we're talking about the 1980s here right yeah well like yeah, when we talk about be. Donald I've missed the apprentice completely I like didn't see it or something like, I don't know where I've been he's practically been an Adonis let's all just face facts yeah <laughs> yeah he's a total Adonis you know he's just like cut you know, it's just, <laughs> his posture is hot, like the tone of his voice, you Tall. know, the timbre of his Tall, dark and handsome. But his words. Yeah. He's, just, he's a seducer. He seduced America. Yeah. Just like a yeah. fucking hot thesaurus. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so that's like that's when I catch myself being like, oh, I guess that is shitty because maybe 10% of the women were rich. And wanted to keep their money, and that's why they voted for him. Well, you know, and everyone has different reasons for voting for people. I have people in my family who voted for him, you know. It's, it's complicated, it's man. It's very complicated. You know, yeah. you know, I don't know, I don't know, in the in the world of Jews, right, there's a thing called self-hating Jews. You say, oh, the world of Jews, yeah, we're all Jews. Yeah, we're all Jews. Oh, all of us? Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, he's not. No. Get, out get, out get out of here. Get out of here, asshole. You're a man and you're not a Jew. Oh. <laughs> Two strikes. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I assume I, I, I just as with the self-hating Jew, there just there must be a self-hating woman. I mean, that's got to oh, be a thing. There, it is. Yeah. You know? And I think that like cognitive dissonance or whatever, that probably plays a big role for women who didn't want to like support Hillary. We're getting into a whole thing here. It's obviously like, like men who hate themselves act like assholes, but women who hate themselves fuck the assholes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that. That's weird how that it gives them two different reactions. Like they do, they go to like two different paths. I'm like, right. no, but don't do that. I don't know. Sometimes it's hard. we're just raised to hate ourselves. Well, they go for the know? guy who reflects how they feel about themselves yeah. to them. How, what, in terms of like self-confidence, how you got, you guys dig yourselves, right? How you doing? Yeah. I dig yeah. myself. I'm so into myself. Us too. And we didn't, <laughs> like one of the things we realized when we started the podcast is a lot of people, men and women, mostly women though, they like hate themselves. But were you like, always self-confident or did it, was it like, you know, a journey? I mean, there's parts of myself that I hate, you know, such as um, <laughs> like body. Parts? I sleep too much. Oh, me too. OK. You know, stuff like that. I don't you know, I often. Yeah. Often instead of but like, all you have to do is wake up. Yeah. <laughs> no, because you could really... reverse that cycle of self-hate. <laughs> I actually have a problem with waking up. So if you, there do, you go. I, well, no, I, it's sir. like I could get up really early in the morning and go like work out or like sleep longer and dream about cool stuff. Like, you know? Yeah. So totally. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, you know, I really don't hate anything about myself, but my whole like thing since I don't know, probably my mid twenties was to not. So even if, I start to or whatever. I really just have dismissed it right away. Yeah. I just don't spend any time doing it. It's a waste of my time. Yeah. So, I mean, I, but I, really... I used to. I mean, I yeah, yeah. I used to want to be an actress and like I was too ugly and too fat and whatever. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? And I was like obsessed with that. And that was like what a waste of my energy. Yeah. Right. Hate is a strong word. I mean, you know, there's things about myself I could improve. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, but I mean, if your worst qualities, it's hard for you to get up in the morning. That's not bad. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, and do you guys hate anything about yourself? No. 
Hate, no. Not hate, you know. I, I have critiques, but other than that, I'm like, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah great. Exactly I think I really fun. think I'm I'm great, but not in a way of like I'm better than. No, like, right. I think I'm rad. Yeah, I'm like too cool. accepting of myself though. I think it's good to be a little bit hard on yourself, you know, to push yourself a little bit. Well, True. I don't know. Yeah. I think everyone has to just accept. I think everyone needs to really be in a state of accepting who they are. I think that's probably the best way forward. Yeah. You know, like if you sleep a lot or like your vibe <laughs> is more chill, then like you just be going with that. You yeah. know what I mean? There's no reason to like tear yourself up because you're not. Well, actually, I mean, I not. love I love sleeping. So, I mean, I was just using that as an example. Right, but, right, right. Yeah, it could be I a mean, hobby. We dig ourselves, are dude, you know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but how kind of I want to go back to what you said when you were trying to be an actress and and people were saying like you're too fat and too ugly. Hopefully not in those words. How did you Nobody was saying that to me. You were saying that in your, to I yourself. I was walking into a room full oh. of actresses and being like, "Oh, yeah." And they're all comparing like, yourselves to them. Your, yeah. yourself to them yeah I mean I think that's like nitpicking women in the entertainment uh, business based on aesthetic is super common I mean uh, we've definitely experienced it um, so how do you deal with it like I mean especially with social media do people still do that to you or do you ignore it or well I mean look as musicians there are so many ugly photos of us out there taken <laughs> from like the most horrible angles right. oh yeah yeah so I don't know. You just it doesn't I, really matter. Yeah, you just care. you're just like whatever. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, how is it being? You guys are on the road a lot. Yeah. How is that? Because Kurt and I do the road, but we do weekends at like four day chunks, five day chunks, and we don't have equipment. We we just go. We just and it's Stephen always. Stephen was in music for a really long time, and he he's like, you guys are so fucking spoiled. You just take a suitcase. But is it how how is that? Like you're away from your family. And then you're together. I know a lot about male musicians on the road just because he's friends with them. And it's like the, when you go on the bus, it's like, don't touch the chowels because everyone jerks off all the time and there's just jizz Ugh. everywhere. And I'm like, that's disgusting. It's, but I feel like girls are not <laughs> that gross. Not but like that. I, yeah. Maybe like, there's is, like, you well, know. I mean, yeah, we usually we usually like we both have areas where we keep our jizz towels <laughs> good, so that no other people will come across them accidentally. See, I that's think, like, that's you know, nice. it's all about transparency with your jizz towels. We'll have I like. Do you masturbate on the road? Well, I do, but that's because I'm staying in a we hotel don't by really, myself. Yeah, we, if we have our own rooms, but we don't always we have that. We never have so, our own room. Oh, Basically, really? no, no, blue balls all the time. You can't masturbate quietly? <laughs> like, if because you, what do you see, Bon? It's like fun. Do you have, like, a curtain that you can pull? No, we're not on a tour bus. We're in a minivan. I know, but I didn't know if like you like hung a towel or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, you put up your this towel is my masturbation in the minivan. T- a Dave Matthews band poster. I, I think don't about know. it all the time, though. I'm like, God, I wish I could masturbate right now, but I can't. <laughs> Wait till the baby's asleep. <sighs> yeah, how is it mm. bringing a baby okay, so, on? See, that's the thing. I was gonna say, like, we we have like instead of hanging jizzy towels, we have like I, I'll wash out my like bloody period underwear and like hang them, and Julie will wash out her kids like pukey clothes and hang them yeah, on the shower. Clothes or like poopy diapers. How how is is it fun to have your baby on the road with you? I feel like you'd get a lot of time to hang when you're driving. Yeah, it's really fun. It's super fun. It's really fun, but it's also like really exhausting. Well, who takes care of the baby when you're on stage? But that's just having a baby, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's, my friend, I my one, friend so I Kelsey know. is oh. out with us now and she's awesome. And when we go overseas, I just like arrange different people who can like take vacation time and mm-hmm. want to be a rock and roll nanny for like a few weeks. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And um, we've gotten really like, we've had some really amazing nannies. They've all been amazing. Yeah, actually. they've all been so great. Yeah. They're all basically like friends that came along and Oh, that's awesome to have your friends 
hang with you and then yeah it's great your kids in good hands and it's like all right i can rock out and not yeah like mira and kelsey went to central park yesterday i couldn't go because we were recording in the in a studio but like you know they're having a blast yeah she had a great time shit that's awesome so so on the road it's not do you guys get like you don't get in each other's hair or anything because i was looking at your touring schedule i'm like damn you when are you home next we're kind of in a flow i mean you know obviously there's times where everyone gets annoyed of each other but we're pretty used to it, I think. And we have a good system. I mean, we like the most important thing, I think, for touring is that like you like everyone you're touring with. And that is something that um, we've, we've worked on over the years. We've getting, worked on getting a crew together of people. We've had tour managers who were like had really strong personality disorders, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds horrible. Like, uh, yeah, serious self-hatred and or like uh, bipolar disorder and that's that's rough when you're in like a tiny anger management issues so that's you know weeding those people out has been like the best uh, best thing we could ever do that's like healthy for your soul because then you don't have an anxiety around yeah yeah like when the tour manager is gets to be the diva of the tour you're like that's not fair yeah you guys have to be divas if anything and then Lindsay and i are really diplomatic like really diplomatic people like again like we're not you know, yes, we get annoyed with each other. I mean, literally any human beings in our scenario are going to get annoyed. There's going to yeah. be like, there's like the hump days of the tour where everyone's grouchy. Like you don't get enough sleep. Yeah, like Wednesday yeah, or I'll whatever. Sure. It's like know. the Wednesday of the tour. Are those tour. the masturbating days? That's those when you hang the, the That's the dry hump day. That's different <laughs> than the hump day. Um, but yeah, so, but we've just, we kind of just decided, we actually went to um, couples therapy. We did. You, the two so of you, you That's so we cute. Went. I love what. What kind? Oh my god! How did they handle a, a band in a perf- yeah a performing well, duo? She, that was her specialty. Actually, she works with like creative teams. So if you guys, you know, oh, need well, a recommendation for LA. It's oh, really, that's really crazy. It's really like interesting because Stephen and I are going to go soon to couple Sarah because oh. he's my boyfriend. But uh, I was actually looking at our rela- my relationship with Corinne because we've been working together for what seven 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 years. years. Yeah. And but our our relationship, we work at like we work at yeah. respecting each other and not annoying each other at cer- with certain things. And we kind of work at un- boundaries. And I've never put that much work into an actual relationship before. Like a love relationship. Yeah. Or I've even, never got a paycheck for a relationship like we get for this, though. So true, though. It's a lot more inspiring. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And just being able to travel the world and do the things you want to do. Mode is a good motivator. To you're like, not in the right relationships, by the way. If you're not getting a paycheck in your love relationships. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm just, boyfriend's not paying you. My boyfriend's great, but I just I don't know. I, I I was actually just like editing our book, and I was like, I don't think relationships are a necessity for me. I think some people they are, and some people they're not. And for me, I just don't think I am. I like it. It's like a nice like compliment to my life. But if I didn't have one, I I'd still be fine. I have like a, a Zeus Hera complex. <laughs> You know, go on. <laughs> so like I, you know, I see myself as Hera and my man is Zeus. So I have I have a need to be in a relationship that mm-hmm. where we feel like we're like ruling the world together. See, I like that is what that's if, fun. If I am one, that's <laughs> what I, I'm looking for. Like I want to be like a power couple, you know, like, you know, Victoria you, and David Beckham. <laughs> yeah. Are oh, you and girl. your husband ruling the world together? Are you do you feel that I mean, way? We're trying. Yeah, that's great. 
And we also, we really work at it. By like, the way, his name is Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, he's a great guy. What does your he husband do great for a living? Um, he's, well, he's a musician. His oh. name's Phil Peroni. He's a musician. He's in a band called Juju. And he was in an emo band when he was a teenager that I'm probably not supposed to mention the name of. But anyway, then he's also a crazy workaholic with Impossible Dreams. So he and I started a music <laughs> they festival. They should be friends. Yeah, we started a music festival six years ago called Desert Days. So oh, he's in the awesome. thick of Desert Days, which is happening October 12th through 15th in oh. Joshua Tree. Oh, and wow. Whoa, that's so cool. You yeah. are a power couple. And today really we just cool. announced Iggy Pop is headlining, by the way. But, Holy um, fucking shit. Yeah, so so basically something that brought us together was like working on this first year of this thing and it was crazy and and somehow I'm like comfortable going through that level of stress with my partner. Yeah, well, because they can kind of, like when I freak out, when I get really stressed, Stephen handles it like... Uh, he's like, if you need me, I'll be over here. If you don't, it's fine. Like, and it's, I'm like, wow, you are an angel. I don't, I would never put up with anybody oh, who that's did that. Amazing. What I do to him, if they did that to me, I'd be like, ew, like grow up. But it's oh, nice. Phil and I, like, we have full battles. I mean, it's Zeus oh, and yeah. Hera, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Throw lightning and But shit. when you can have sex with that, when you have sex with that person <laughs> though, it, there's, Corinne and I have said to each other, or she said this to me a lot. I thought you were about to say Corinne and I have had sex. No, we haven't. I was raped. No. (laughs) God. Girl, I didn't rape you. Um, But like we have this relationship and it does feel like almost like a husband and wife, but we don't have, it's not sexual at all. So there's not that element to kind of balance. So I don't know know, though. Your sex is the banter. True. And like my sex is like the playing music together. That's true. There is the like outlet where you kind of release. Yeah, where you do a thing together and rhythm together, and that's true. You know, I will say, okay, I have a little funny anecdote about Zeus and Hera. Oh, <laughs> was that first Juice. year of Desert Days where you were at the Hot Springs? Yeah, and we all had to share a room. Oh, oh God! Yeah. And you don't want to be sharing a room with a, a couple who's like in war Putting with on a each other. Festival. Dude, and I've done horrible. tons of mushrooms that night because some guy had offered them to me and I did them and and basically I was like curled up on the bed listening to Julie and Phil like fighting was and door slamming dresser and it was such a, <laughs> because of that I'll probably never do mushrooms again oh, that's basically. the title of the episode was it the, the night, night I broke the press the broke the dresser, dresser. Yeah. so it was uh, a shitty dresser by the way well then fuck broke it really easily <laughs> so yeah. yeah when people ask me why I don't do mushrooms that I have to tell them that story <laughs> So you guys like passionately fight. That's fun. Well, because it's like it's, you know, that kind of that that kind of like high pressure scenario. Yeah. That first like, festival was it was a it 10 was day crazy. festival, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, it was 10 days. But it was just like you get to a level of stress where I mean, it's like being in labor. You know what I mean? Like you're no, not just going to float through labor means, just being like, horrible. hey, I'm fine. Hey, no worries. You yeah. know what I mean? It's all Sometimes cool you, chill. Just, you just reach a point where you're like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. Like, so. You know, we reached that point. Now we have a child. So we're trying not to like be that way in front of her mm. just because we don't want her to pick up bad habits or become a weird non-confrontational like, you know, abuse that's victim. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Oh, well, not you. abuse victim, but like super non-confrontational because my parents would scream okay, at each other. Yeah. And so now I like I know how much that can like scar a bitch. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did yeah. you how did you handle learning how to co-parent with your husband? Well, he was better a beber a beber. He, he was, was a better beber. baby daddy. Mm-hmm. So like I was like a little bit like WTF after I had 
the little fuck baby. do I do with this kid? <laughs> yeah, I was like in recovery and super grouchy and depressed and like emotionally just distraught. And he was really happy and excited. Oh, so I would watch, so I would watch him with her as a baby and he would like sing to her. And, and I kind of copied what he did. I was like, that oh. looks like what I'll do and I'll do that. And now I, now I totally get it. It's good. Like now you're the baby hog. Am I the yeah? I am the baby hog because I funny. bring her out on tour. So my brother's uh, <laughs> ex had the similar reaction. Like when my nephew was first born, she was like, "Cool." Like she was very. I don't know. Like I think it's common, but people don't want to talk about it because you know mothers are supposed to be every be everything, do everything, and be perfect. So I think it's like really nice to hear. Like yeah, I wasn't really feeling it after I gave birth, and it was hard to adjust. It to was that. just really hard. Everything about it was so you. hard. Yeah. Some people have an easier baby time. Some people mm-hmm. have a harder baby time. I had the whole thing where like breastfeeding wasn't working and like yeah. all this stuff, right? So there was like so much hard stuff. And, and you I were was in pain still, right? I was physically I could like not really sit down very well for a while. But Why? anyway, that's not everyone. Really? That's not everyone. What? Why? Because the baby came out. Yeah. Honestly, Did probably something extra because happen? Like, I mean, I'm not. I've not always been the most limber person, and I wasn't in the best shape. So I would say, like the the the, the moral of that story is to be in really top peak shape, be stretching every day. Uh, you know. But um, yeah. So don't you think it was maybe because you were like a little like. <clears throat> control freak uptight so you didn't want to like you didn't want to l- like let her out well you're so, really <laughs> tensing and holding her in so you may or may not know this but your body has many sphincters <laughs> and that's the title of this episode <laughs> <laughs> so there's like a couple sphincters like in your intestines that like close and open and close and open there's obviously your butt sphincter the one we all know oh, yeah. about and love and then there's um there's uh, your your cervix, which is essentially a sphincter as well. And yeah, I'm kind of like an uptight, rigid person. And I, my <laughs> my cervix was also very uptight and rigid. And so my uterus was just like slamming Mira against my closed cervix for like oh. a day and a half. Oh, gosh. Shit. Yeah. Before it started to be like, oh, all right. And she, that's why she only has one eye. <laughs> I was like, oh, you, you can't have a glass eye. It's combat ass. Like a baby with a glass eye. I, that's impressive. So you gave birth vaginally then. Yeah. But, yeah. You, but it just took anally, a second. Anally. anally. It was really birth. crazy. <laughs> oh, I wish we could give birth anally. Oh. Sometimes I'm like. But I, I can say something overly descriptive. Oh, please, please do. So I don't know if you know about labor, because in, in the movies and TV, they always show the pushing part, which is at the very end of the whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Other than that, you're just like in labor and the process is happening and the baby is slowly moving down and getting closer and closer to the pushing part. And the pushing part is where you're holding people's hands and screaming and all that. So anyway, the pushing part, the baby is like coming out of you. Yeah. And as that was happening, the only thing in my brain I could compare it to metaphorically, and I've never actually done this, but some reason this is what popped into my head, was as if a bottle of Pellegrino was stuck halfway up my ass. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. So <laughs> that's like what I was thinking about. She that's was... what it felt like? Yeah, yeah. Because I've taken some shits oh and I'm like, God. I could give birth. <laughs> like, honestly, I used to have like digestive problems. I'm like, if that can come out of me and I'm not crying, <laughs> mm. I mean... So you're going to be good to go. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, you got it. I wish you could give birth yeah. anally. That would be that's a That's what easier. it felt like. It was like... If you were in between, if if you were like trying so you feel to feel in your, but it's even though it's coming the out whole your cervix, area just feels it's just squished. Yeah, the whole area just is trying to. It's just trying to pass something large, and it's just it's more similar to apparently having it's a claustrophobic. Bottle of stuck halfway up your ass, 
than anything That's else my feeling. brain could wrap itself around at the time. <laughs> it's not horrible. It's more strange. Okay. Yeah, because butt stuff is strange. If you've ever put anything in your butt, all our bottoms who are listening know this, uh, that it's you... Yeah, it just feel it doesn't feel right. It feels like a reverse poop kind of. It's like a it's like a type of purgatory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It is weird for sure. Do you guys do anal? I have a couple just times si- and I'm just like silence. I, it's like I, I've talked to some girls who like love it. I have. Like, it's not my favorite. And we right. talked to a porn star, also Akira, and she's like, you have to do it like 27 times and then you'll love it. It's going to hurt 27 times. But then after that, you'll be fine. You'll love it. You'll want to do it. I'm like. But within the span of, a, of a, only like a month or something. Yeah, I'm like, that doesn't sound good. Um, I, I think that you, your man needs to know what it's about. Somehow he has to know. Yeah. So like Stick either, so, so, you know, it's, it's much like labor, right? You need a coach or you need to pr- be prepared to be a coach. Mm-hmm. You probably can't just jump into that. It's not like, uh, yeah. You know, very delicate. Yeah. And the butt so I, and the vagina are very different methods. You gotta. I think everyone should try it. And it's probably like jogging, but I don't do that. But apparently, yeah. you know, you get the runners higher or whatever. If you jog <laughs> I don't get that. Okay. I don't know about I that. Do. But I do. I, like, I like running. I feel like it's anal is similar to that. Like you do have to get over a hump. I don't I don't think yeah. it'd be 27 times. Also, it's, it's you know, I've had friends who that's exclusively what they like. Same. I know well, females who just love it. I'm like, oh, I wish different I could train my, my butthole to, to like it. I think but it's okay. I hope yeah, I, I, think, I think that like, this. I know, right? I think that like just regular sex is so bomb. You know, it's like the bombest it is. of it's the really bomb. Fun. I mean, at least how me you- and my boyfriend have it. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's popular kind of like, for a reason. It's kind of like the cream of the crop. You yeah, know, you can't really mm-hmm, beat yeah. it. But there's only one way to get a proper cum enema. Whoa. <laughs> How? <laughs> Wait, Anal. a cum and oh, <laughs> a cum and oh, okay. I've never heard that phrase before. Well, I, oh, I, I think she just made it up. It's a great word. How did you guys? <laughs> or you could just do a coffee enema. I mean, I've it really could. You could do that too. I never thought about it, but the, it absolutely does act as an enema because there is a lot coming out of your. I hate the, the walk day. to the bathroom the next day, or the walk to the bathroom right after. Always, sucks. I think anal is a perfect solution for couples where, like, the guy has a very small penis. Yes, you yes. Know? yeah, I think so. I because think maybe it, it's not I think satisfying it the girl, like you know, vaginally, and then mm-hmm. you know. The butthole's tighter. So that might be a good solution for couples like That's that. That's true. Because I always, I never really know what to say when a guy's like, my penis is really tiny. I always say, get really good at cunnilingus. Yeah. yeah that, and massages. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. How, I would trade those. How that. did you guys well, each... Every guy should get good at that. Yeah. Those yeah. two things, by the way. That's female blue balls, I, I say. Like, when a guy, like, goes to massage you for two seconds, he's like, all right, is that good? You're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> how did you each learn about sex? What it was? Did your parents talk to you? Did you learn about in school? Did a friend tell you where do i come from that's a was it a book it was a book and a film oh yeah what did it say because some stuff like that is accurate and others is like oh and also another book called who am i now um where do i come from it was an illustrated book from maybe the late 70s or the early 80s and it, it portrayed uh very realistic body types like a chubby guy and a chubby woman mm-hmm. and it said sex is the closest two people can be and then it had a little sperm in a top hat with a bundle <laughs> of roses and a bow tie Aww. and he was going to go up there and he was going to go romance an egg and then there was I think there was a cartoon version of it like a, a movie version of it it's great and how, how old were you when you saw that I don't know <laughs> 
27. Seven, okay. Eight. <laughs> okay. Did, did I was yeah. over insertion? Because that's the part that no one told me until I had sex. Almost. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Because it was really describing also how babies are made. So it was, right. it's, yeah, it's, it shows them, they're both in a hot tub. It's very 70s illustration-y looking. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like if yeah. you can picture that kind of like, um, what's his name, the the Giving Tree guy? Oh, Shel Silverstein. Shel Silverstein. Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, Shel Silverstein style of, of illustration. And <laughs> they're in a hot tub together and he's standing up and he has a little bubble butt and like he's a, he's a grower, not a shower. Aww, <laughs> that's nice that they... Yeah, and then they're like on top, he's on top of her in the bed and I think they show, yeah, that he's... He's putting it in and then a little sperm. Oh, you that's know? great. Oh, wow. Yeah. Progressive. I, I None of the shit that I, I've seen today is goes over in search it. Like mm. hardly any of it. Mm. Like that's an important part. Yeah. I also learned from a book. Thank God for books. How did you learn? Um, well, I remember this girl telling me at my school that that one day when you're like that, you have a cherry up there. And then one day while you're like peeing this, like the cherry will come out and that will pop your cherry. <laughs> But, so every time you peed, did you anxiously <laughs> wait for a cherry? But that out? wasn't really, I guess, that very uh, factual information. <laughs> um, then I have a memory of like asking like an older family friend. I mean, she was like a couple years older than me when I was a kid. I was like, I knew that sex was like the penis went inside the woman. I just didn't know exactly where. So I, I, I was like, is it the, the front or the back? Is it like the... The puss or the butt? See, and I didn't even know me. She was like, there. oh, it's the puss. And I was like, oh, okay. Wait, I didn't even know there? there was a hole in... Uh, I didn't even know you had a cervix. Um, I have a funny story, which was actually Julie's story. I liked when your mom... Julie asked her mom what a blowjob was when she was a kid because she heard someone say that at school and your mom had the best answer. How old were you when you asked? I feel like I was like 10 or oh, 11. Okay, it's pretty young. And this was like pre-internet. I, You know what I mean? You have, mm -hmm. you had to... You just had to guess things, yeah, stuff out. Yeah, to have human contact. Just, yeah, you can just Google blowjob and see what comes up. Right, on Google images. I thought it was a hairdo. I mean, I was convinced. I didn't even think I was asking her something weird. You know what I mean? I was just like, "What's a blowjob?" Right. She said it was when two people love each other so much they want to eat each other up. Oh, that's, that's a not, good way to say it's it. Not a bad answer. I like cute? that. Aw, that's really cute. <laughs> I like that. See. It also good. prevents you from giving blowjobs and then to in people high school, you don't love. Yeah, exactly. High school. <laughs> yeah, because they don't Julie Julia's like, it. I don't love you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do that with guys? You're like, well. Well, no, I was an idealist. So like I only <laughs> I, I only hooked up with guys I was totally in love with. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I waste. Right. And, and yeah, when I was young in high school. But, I didn't get into the, the and then later on until much later. Okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. Later on, it was the first. Like <laughs> a year later. Or whatever. I've never been able to like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like college, I've never been able to like have even hook up with a guy if I didn't have at least a crush on him. Because I'm like, I don't care. Because to me, a guy, I don't come from sex, just okay. sex. So I'm like, eh, you're not. I'll just go home and can't my you vibrator. do like with your your hand? Can't yeah, you? I can't that do it with my hand. I can't. I can't really get off with my own hand. No. So I'd have to have like a vibrator. <laughs> yeah, so annoying. That's why. That's why. So I'll bring it with me on the road because we have we do get separate hotel rooms when we when we stay. Yeah, uh, like comedy festivals or something like that. So I'm yeah, like, yes, it's really fun. Were you like, were you, did you start using vibrators really young? No, I started humping everything in my house really young. Me too. And, and I thought I was gonna get pregnant. And you could it. get off from that though. You yeah. thought you were gonna get pregnant from that? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know who the fuck told me. I don't think anyone told me that. I just knew. I knew what I was doing was sexual, 
and I knew I shouldn't do it in front of anybody else. Yeah. What was your favorite thing to hump? Um, the stuffed horse that I got for Christmas. So what about I was like mine five. was a giant stuffed panda. Oh, see, yeah, those stuffed animals, man. And then I got a stuffed <laughs> snowman the next year, and I was like, shit, this good thing's getting. So torn what up. if when you're having sex with your boyfriend, mm-hmm. you pretend he's the stuffed snowman? Could oh, you I do get, that. Then get off. Well, I do that to his penis. Like if he, like all, like, Wait, are you rub the boyfriend? Against, yes. This is really, Whatever, really uh, an open environment. I, I have love to say, it. so open. He's well, yeah. We've been doing this for years. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's gotten used to, used to it. it. <laughs> right. He, he applied as your Zeus. Well, there is some. There was like a day where he kidding. listened to the podcast that was hosted for the first time, and he just texted me like, "I can't believe you told people that I like get my butthole licked." And I was like, "Sorry, I thought that was okay." And then kept telling the story again and again. Yeah, but now he doesn't. Well, now he doesn't care. Now he doesn't care. That's why I said that. But I do do that oh, to his man. penis. I do that to his penis. I just like rub up against it. It's the best. Yeah. So yeah. But then I I'm think, like, did I mess up you... my vagina, my clit? Like I, I kind of like trained myself to only be able to come that way. And then I either need a vibrator or like. With, are you on top? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to try to just simulate that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could come with my hand. I think that's so great. It's also the position that. of the clit, though. Everyone's clit is in the, in the same spot. True. So, like, right. if the closer it is to the opening, the, I, the easier it is to come from just regular <laughs> penis, vagina, uh, intercourse. Nice. Julie's a burp activist. <laughs> All this talk Good. is giving me some indigestion. Um, <laughs> so, when I was, so when I was little, I, yeah, I think the first memory I have of feeling that like sexual sensation was, I think it was in Lake Tahoe in a pool. And oh. I was doing the little crab walk around the edge of the pool. I was like a little kid and I felt the jet hit me mm. in a spot. And I was like, that's cool. That's fun. <laughs> and then were you just like, then, in the pool the whole summer? Well, then I just re- then I learned, yeah, how to sort of duplicate that feeling with my hands. I would kind of do it with both hands. I'd kind of just like grab it, like grab it down there and like hump my hands sort of. Yeah, yeah, I see that too. Yeah. And then I remember one time, I, I guess I used to do it under like my blankie, like thought no one can tell if I was like in the living room, but I was doing it under my blankie. And then yeah. one time my mom was like, okay, whatever you're doing under the blankie, you need to like, you need to stop. She didn't want to like shame me, but right. just like, you know, like in public, like maybe don't do that, you know? That's nice. That you, yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, I didn't come to the hand thing till I was like, 16 or something yeah mine was later or like if i could i don't if i for whatever reason didn't have that stuffed animal i would just like put my hands <laughs> under my pillow and be like i guess this will do well, no, yeah mine my was method- just anything that vibrated like a foot massage thing like an electric razor like a, the little rotating spiral pen that you turned yeah. on and it, like, makes <laughs> oh wiggles. yeah oh that's good i see i'm like hitachi it's like diesel yeah I, the, the light stuff doesn't my method changed though. Once I realized, I think when I was about, when I learned the word masturbate and I kind of was like in denial that that's what I had been doing. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, I think that is what I, what I do. <laughs> and then I, I started like experimenting with, with a different technique, more of like a sophisticated one hand technique, mm-hmm. like a lady, a more classic, yeah, classic masturbation style. And that took me a while to adapt to, but then then I got used to it. That's good though. I wish I I wish I didn't like go so hard on the stimulation from a young age because I feel like I yeah I feel like mm. I trained myself to need so much stimulation or pressure, and it's just like you're like so one inconvenient. of those porn addict guys. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, but I know girls who like have what I call magic vagina, and just the slightest little. And then they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, but you fuck? know what? They, they don't have any ambition. 
Because <laughs> they're just jerking off all day. Well, a lot of people have said it's been debunked, uh, the de-simulation thing, but I'm very against that. And I, I'm like, debunked by who? People who make uh, vibrators? Exactly. Because that's who Able. I think debunked, debunked it. Like, I don't I don't believe that at all. Debunked because, what? Uh, like, that you can overstimulate yes, your... correct. But I mean, just like if you just use like logic and compare it to anything else in your life, you yeah, you can do too much of something. I don't know. If, and to you me, can always bring sense. it back down, maybe. You can probably wean yourself off of it. Are you aware that the clitoris goes up inside and is... Yes, yeah, so we... we, we have Much a, longer, we yeah. Research this, we researched this. We wrote a book and I researched all different kinds of vaginas and how some women can come during sex and some women can't. And I'm like, why? why? That's so annoying. And then... Uh, so yeah, so it depends on the positioning of their clit. If it's like super high up and then the it, it will eventually go in. Uh, but if it's really high up, like, he, you know, not like on your belly button, but you know what I mean? It's harder for a girl to come. But I know so many friends who will come for ju- during sex from just a penis. And I'm like, what? but then their clit is closer to their cervix opening. Apparently. Yeah, they're huh. all different. It's so it's so crazy. All women have such different And penises are... I mean, have you guys seen like a... I have not... Every penis I've seen, honestly, I feel like looks very similar. I've never had an uncircumcised... Every guy's I'm always been circumcised. I'm not going to agree with that statement. It's just my experience. But I know that they are different. I just haven't seen any. Yeah. They have different angles. Well, yeah. I've had a couple that They're were all like... They're different. Yeah. Right. Different shapes, different sizes, different colors. Circumcised, uncircumcised. My first boyfriend in high school who I lost my virginity to was uncircumcised. And so that was my first. Oh, that was your first. Okay. And then also after that, the second guy was also uncircumcised. Oh, wow. So that was like all you knew. Yeah. But those were both so different. Those two penises. Like how so? um, The way the like, it's hard to explain. The foreskin can be so different. It's like a really it can be be very different. Yeah. It can be like much more tight around like the head of the penis or it can be more like relaxed. Had you seen a penis before? Like an uncircumcised penis, or did was this like, oh, this is what a penis looks like? Um, I mean, I grew up in a pretty like nude friendly household. We okay. used to go to like hot springs, like hippie hot springs, and I would see naked people, and it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I really like necessarily knew the difference between uncircumcised or circumcised. I, I don't know. It was just like a penis. Yeah. <laughs> Until like later on, I started to figure it out. I guess I didn't even know that uncircumcised meant there was an like a little sleeping bag over it like I didn't yeah. even I've never because I've never encountered one we interviewed a guy and he was like do you guys want to see it I'm like yes and he took it out wow. it was soft so but it was wow I, did you get I, to see it too no I wasn't there. we were in a studio no but day. I was like I was like what the fuck I just I've never seen jealous? that before <laughs> no you're okay it's like that weird like jelly filled <laughs> thing you get at like Oz yeah. you squeeze and it pops out of your hand yeah, yeah. But that seems like it would feel better. Like you kind of come in with a, I don't know, right, masturbation sleeve or something. It's a yeah, totally exactly, different yeah. motion of the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Uncircumcised men have a totally different style of lovemaking than circumcised men do. And it seems like when you get circumcised, the simulation kind of gets a little muted from what I've, but so I'm like, do uncircumcised guys come harder? Well, yeah. I mean, there's people who, you know, a lot of people who now consider uh, circumcision g- a general mutilation yeah. and they're trying I to saw, stop I saw it. that banner. Well, I mean, square. technically it is. It You're is. mutilating yeah, the sure, generals. Of course. Yeah. And it's desensitizing. But then I think it depends. Guys, Some people get bad ones. Yeah. Um, a botched, a botched yeah. circumcision. <laughs> that sucks. The rabbi yeah, was right. a little too drunk. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. They eat, they, they, they eat the foreskin. No, they don't do that. No, but they the bite more, it off. They bite. Yeah. 
No, they don't. They yeah. bite it off. off. There's yeah. there's blood. You you have you ever been to a, a breast at an Orthodox uh, temple? No, it's, no, don't. Why would they wouldn't even let us in? Yeah, you can. You have to stand in the cage in the back, as I call a it, cage? or in or in the top in the nosebleed seats. I've I've been. I watched. You've been the whole to a thing. Yeah. And what's the guy do? They the bit it, it off. Wait, well, you've you, never been to you a breast? Put your mouth on yeah. it. Because what kind of a Jew are you? I just learned I was Jewish. Because oh. my mom's adopted. So oh. My dad's adopted. Oh, fun. Yeah. Maybe they're... They my, should talk. Yeah, they should. My mom does have siblings that she doesn't know where they are. We might be cousins. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it's not actually biting. It's I believe it's like they cut and then they suck the... They like kind of like suck the blood out. But I mean, there Baby's was a long first time... Baby's blowjob? Yeah, there was a long time when mo- mo- moils were... <laughs> and then were, you get a little knit little thing of baby's first blowjob. Yeah, when That's moils so were funny. passing along um, herpes uh, from a cold sort and it was like a big problem. Of course yeah. they were. They yeah. would. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, but uh, I mean, I no, I don't know. I don't I'm know about all that. I'm a pretty big activist about uh, stopping female genital mutilation. And I think there is really no comparison, though, because right. um, what they do to women, women is like sewing up their vagina. I mean, is Jesus Christ, it's very traumatic. And it's like a lot of them die during it. And it takes away like all of their sexual pleasure for life and actually makes everything way like incredibly painful sex, childbirth, Peeing. like way more painful and. It's awful. It's it's like uh, it's torture. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely awful. So, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm an advocate for that. I just I just don't really know how to like to stop that. How to be more involved in it as like a Western woman. Well, you know, how to get more involved in it. We we interviewed a woman. Her name is Lowen Talley, and she uh, which oh, I forget which country she her family is from. She, uh, she what? Uganda. Oh yeah, Uganda, right? Because you had been there, and you guys bonded over that. Um, and her, she was saying a member of her family, she she wants to start an organization to end that and to raise awareness and kind of collect money to, to other because it's illegal, but then people still do it. Out, yeah. But women will choose to do it because they're it's like a brainwash kind of thing. Because well, like, I think well, they won't find a husband if they don't have it. Exactly, and that means you're pure, and that means you're better than everybody, and all that shit. But her, her, she said her sister uh, willingly vol- like did it to herself. She wanted to do it, and she was like, no. And so she's just—it's the stigma of all things—is kind of making sure women don't look at that as something righteous and yeah. something that is oppressive. It's just the way they see it is so different. Well, and it's—it's right. it's a problem because it's like happening in America now, you know, and. Like there's like I I heard, read a statistic that you know within certain like communities oh oh, oh. you know like I don't know religious communities yeah. or whatever yeah because it because it was for Lowenthal it was part of her culture her religion yeah where that like it yeah it happens like in New York I think there's like I read a statistic there's like a hundred thousand women that have it it's a pretty large number and it's probably it's illegal in the U S so these doctors probably are these doctors they're probably not even but doctors. people don't want to talk about it you know it makes people uncomfortable to talk about when I first started dating my boyfriend he'd never even like heard of that he mm-hmm. had no idea that existed oh. but um you know like in Egypt ninety percent of women have it done there. Holy shit. So it's like there's a staggering amount in the world. There's like millions and millions of women in the world who have it done. It's a real problem. And like we're so fortunate yeah. that no one like messed with our, you know. Blitz. Yeah. yeah. That's but what do you feel insane. about like kind of like a self-inflicted genital mutilation like labiaplasty, which is getting more and more common do. Mm-hmm, for like more, you know, for aesthetic reasons? I mean, like, I don't I mean, whatever people want to do is fine. You know, whatever makes them happy, I guess, you know, that's cool. You could cool. say the same about the the genital mutilation. Well, yeah, if they're doing it to I think, themselves, I think, you know, but what most the of the fuck? time that's not I kind of feel what the fuck. I kind of feel a little bit what the fuck yeah. about all, a lot of forms of plastic surgery. Like, you know, I, I question it. I question people are healthy 
that Mentally. it's so common to go and just go decide to have surgery, have someone cut you open in various places because of how you want to look. I, I question that. I'm not I'm not judging it. I'm not judging people who do it, but it makes me a little like like I may do it like next year. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm getting old. But I, I still I think like, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's I have a weird relationship awesome. to it, too, because I don't yeah. I don't want to I don't make anybody feel bad for it. And then I know people I fucking know people who I didn't realize that they got like a nose job or something. And my friend would be like, oh, here's a before picture. I'm like, yeah, you look great, girl. Yeah, so I, get, I get it. I get it. I get it. I yeah, that's the thing. I, I, you know, it's a weird that's a weird it's a weird thing. I was it's like, yeah, your looks are you're all going through all of that for your looks. But then if you're born with a nose like Pinocchio, you know, then, you know, I get it. Yeah. Well, become a scientist. <laughs> just, just do math. Yeah, but the nose might get in the way, you know. When yeah, you're, if you're looking at the microscope and if they'll just smell better, though, right? Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't but know. No, I I was always very like uh, anti it when I was younger. But yeah, I try to be like understanding of people. Well, yeah, some people like may have grown up just like really ugly and didn't want that to affect their entire life, so wanted to look more like normal. But yeah. sometimes doing that in the instance that, you know, of like Jennifer Gray, for example, it can ruin know, your entire career. Like you she get, she gets a nose job to look like everyone else. And then her career was done after that because she wasn't unique anymore. Right. Exactly. If you're like decent looking, like, don't, you know, <laughs> yeah, don't even. If you're a monster, though, redo. Well, the, thing is, the thing is, what's so sad about Jennifer Gray is that she still hated herself. So she'd already oh, achieved really? such a high level of success. People loved her. She had fans. Mm-hmm. She had got big roles. It was all working out. But none of that could convince her brain that she looked okay. None of it. So I, that, that I think is super fucked up. But that's my thing about always if I'm like, I look ugly, I'm like, it's not for me, whatever. Who the yeah. fuck cares? Who cares what I think, you know? Like, obviously, there's some people who like the way I look. So if I'm feeling down today, I just need to rely on those, whoever those people are and just accept that it's not ultimately up to me. I'm just here in the world contributing whatever it is I am. And I just have to like try to roll with that as much as possible. And when you really think about it, if you think you're ugly, but other people don't, that's kind of best case scenario because you have to look at yourself the least like in everyday life. I mean, oh, yeah, that's if true. you just avoid mirrors, that would be not The truth bad. is like I, I, I tried, I'm trying, I try not to be judgmental about it, but I mean, it makes me when I. You, you don't want to be one of those people who like have obvious plastic surgery. That makes me really uncomfortable. Like when I can <laughs> tell someone too. has lip injections or a nose job or a boob job, it makes me actually makes me uncomfortable and it makes me feel bizarre. So same. And I feel bad for feeling that, though. Yeah. Because I don't really know why I feel it. So I guess I'm the like, moral of the story is if you're going to get work done, like have have good work. So no one knows. secretive about it. <laughs> well, I think it's just like most important thing is like maintaining that you still look like yourself. Like it's OK to look like the best version of yourself. But I see so many more people now than I used to who like look exactly like Kim Kardashian. And I'm like, yeah, Kim Kardashian. I know a lot of people. Though, I think Kim Kardashian is really beautiful in whatever she's created. But like <laughs> I do. I mean, it's a creation, but I fucking I, you nailed it. Yeah. Uh, but it, but then when everyone looks like her, well, it's like a it's mono. Not it's, cool anymore. it's the mono culturalization right. of yeah. everyone. Yeah, like, everybody goes and gets sure. the same nose job and does the same contouring makeup and it's creepy. Or everyone or looks the, the same. Fuck. Contouring makeup yeah. freaks it's me out. I just yeah, it's I, not special. I, I don't want to talk any specific shit and I don't like to. But yeah. um, one of something that kind of broke my heart a little bit was Iggy Azalea. So I thought she was like absolutely. F- hot as fuck and totally stunning and Babe, she yeah. did some stuff and to me she looks much more generic like 
it's gone. Like the, whatever that quality yeah. and well, it's, her it's, uniqueness, her. Yeah. yeah. But th- that's another case of like, she couldn't, whatever the voices in her head, maybe mm-hmm. there's some assholes in her life. I'm Who sure. knows? Yeah. Who knows? But it's like, it's just, it's just, it just speaks to the problem of self-esteem, like how you need to be always watchful of your self-esteem like levels. You yeah. know, you need to make sure they're at Monitor a good it. place. You need to not like get obsessed with things that aren't real that your brain is creating. And when you have to, at the end of the day, that's you could be like all the time you spend obsessing over the way you look and should I get this done and the money I'll spend on that, like you could spend that time like learning to get really good at an instrument or I was going to say ballet or something that's like going to be much more um, enriching in your life. Yeah. Because there is that plastic surgery that does. I know exactly what you mean. That like kind of hurts your soul. I think we saw it. I mean, we saw it with Lil' Kim recently and then also with Michael Jackson where it's like you've morphed yourself so much that there must be something like you're running from or trying to change like really change yourself into someone that you're not. And that is when it gets sad because it's not just like, oh, I didn't like this one thing. And if I fix this one thing, I'm really going to like my presentation. It's just, it's a whole morph. Yeah. It's funny because I, I, I like, I like feeling hot. I like like doing my makeup and dressing up nice. I I don't do it a lot because it's it's too much work and I don't care, but it's, and then you realize like, I feel the sexiest when I'm on stage, when I'm like, there's a crowd of people and I'm just talking in a mic. And like, that's when I feel like the hottest because I'm controlling a room and I'm taking everybody. And I don't, is it the same for you guys? Like when you're on stage, Sometimes. rocking the fuck out? I either <laughs> feel the sexiest or like the grossest on stage, really? depending on how the show is. Oh, if the show isn't going well. Do you, well, if, the yeah. sh- if I bomb, Ugh, I'm like, yeah. I'm the worst. Why am yeah. I even here? But when it's like fire, yeah, you're like, Ugh, you feel like, so hot. Yeah, and I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, how do you bomb ruling. as a musician? Well, it's not really bomb, but some shows we call them public pap smears. Like <laughs> that's when you just the show you feel, and it's not necessarily even a bad show, but something about the room is awkward. People yeah. were awkward and stiff and uncomfortable, and like the lighting was maybe awkward, and everything just felt like a the public vibe was pap off. smear. And then yeah. you, you don't feel hot, you know. I hate pap smears, but that happens a lot, you know. You like you get used to it as a performer, like you know. You got to do. You got to do. Yeah, I mean, it's like when when the crowd sucks with stand up, it's like well, you have to commit just as hard as if you were playing a eleven hundred seat theater. So yeah, exactly. And um, when you met each other, what what was it about one another that you were like, we're going to be more than friends? So I want to work with this person. More than friends. I just knew I really wanted to take our relationship to the next level. <laughs> well, because I mean, there's a lot of friends that I love that I would never fucking work with uh, professionally. <laughs> Well, but we we weren't like friends first. I mean, it really it all. Well, you had the choice, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so you, I, I mean, she was my my customer mm-hmm. at my store. Julie had red hair like my mom, so I felt comfortable around her. <laughs> <laughs> and Lindsay gave me her EP, her solo EP, my app, her app, and I thought she had such a great voice and like good sense of rhyme and. I was like, hmm. And had you Plus, wanted to She start learned the bit? knitting and the crochet very quickly. So I knew the eye hand was strong. <laughs> ah, that's a good skill. Yeah. Julie just really struck me. You know, I'd been living in LA for several years and um, it's hard to find really like deep connections in LA. And Julie just was like a really interesting person to me and was didn't seem like you're like she was, for instance, she was a very good listener. And that's not like that's a, a rare quality to come by. Oh, yeah. Especially in a city in L.A. where everyone's trying to hype themselves up. Yeah. And, um, you know, what? 
I was just talking about you. Now you're a good listener. So I was like, that's really, I, I was like interested and intrigued by the fact that she was so interested in me. I was like, wow, she's a really good listener because she's, she was, you were thinking of going to school for psychology at the time. So she's really interested in how the human brain works and she likes to like psychoanalyze people. So I didn't know she was psychoanalyzing me this whole time, but yeah. I mean, I'm always psychoanalyzing everybody. Yeah. So careful, you guys. Got anything good? I can't even help it. Um, I mean, we can talk about it later. Oh, it's bad stuff. <laughs> I, like, okay. I, I would need I'm to go deeper. Roasting. This I'm really interests tonight. me, this dynamic. I would need to go deeper. I would need to get a little bit more information, you okay, know, before okay, I could it. come to any like conclusions or, you know, helpful tidbits. Got it, got it, got it. Got it. But I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. The dynamic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I'll take it. I want you to be kind. I'm so kind. Okay, good. I'm very kind. I'm a little, You're yeah. very kind. He's kind to me. <laughs> yeah, but so, I think kind. sometimes he's kind. He just has bougie taste, snobby taste. He's a his, he's he's like his taste oh, in you're music a snob? is so snobby. Oh, me too. But though. I really respect that. That's I'm just different. not like That's that. That's different. That's different. Like Yeah. I think yeah. also people sometimes who say like I'm not kind are the kindest. Yeah, oh, I say I'm very kind. Because you're always, you're always, <laughs> brag yeah. about how kind I am. Actually. Yeah, so I don't, yeah, because I think like you will probably like walk around like, oh, I'm an asshole, but I you're, gave like, you're really like, like not. Really yesterday. Yeah, well, I also say I'm an asshole, but like, I'm not yeah. really an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> is this, it's you, just, you guys a, are kind. It's just a good, yeah. it's I'm a fun sure. vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, my boyfriend wants me to give him a shout out on this show. So oh, I, really? I will say that I have like the most amazing. <laughs> Supportive boyfriend. We were listening to this podcast when we were him and I have driven across country several times. Like at the end of tours, we'll take the van back to LA. Oh, that's so. We were listening to it, and I was like, "Yeah, we might be on that show one day." And he's like, "You guys totally should." So I do think it takes a very supportive type of partner. I was going to let your your partner go on this platform and talk about such intimate stuff, and Mm -hmm. he really. I mean, every night, like I, I've just I've dated so many guys over the course of like being in this band and I, I've been with my boyfriend for a couple of years now. We live together. We're very serious. And he's really like the first one where he he really like I didn't feel like he was at all threatened by me being in a band, whereas yeah. other guys, I think, were like attracted to me because I was in a band and they liked the idea of it. But then the reality of it was that like they were too threatened by it. And um my boyfriend is just like when, when I see him watching one of our shows, like he has a pure look of like joy on his face. Like he truly is loves it so much. And he's so like proud and happy and he, he loves our music and, and he wants us to succeed. And he, he's like a true feminist, which is like yeah. so amazing. That's him. And it's you like, got to find a guy like that. Yeah. When I, I never really dated a guy that was I, I dated one, one guy uh, in high school and college a little bit. That was just a great guy. The drive was weird, but he was young. We were both young. And, and but then I'm like, oh, my God, guys can be like that. That's so cool. Yeah. It's I mean, I feel so fortunate because he's just like was raised with such a cool, strong mother that he respects yeah. women so much. And and he's like, I mean, he's hot. He's like great in bed. He's everything, it's you know, awesome. so it's like they do exist. Yeah. You don't, That's why I tell good people guys do exist when they write us. And it, it's very obvious that they're just kind of settling for the partner that they think they deserve. And it's like, but no. You can, there's great, there's better people out there and it, but isn't it better to be alone and, and by yourself and live life by yourself than with somebody who brings you down like that? Like, yeah. Seems the so thing sad. is, I think you really, you have to get your head out of your ass because like with my boyfriend yeah. at first, like 
we met one night after one of our shows and I was like wasted and we had like a he one- He saw you perform and then- Yeah. Like, oh, I never hear stories about that. And we had like, like a one night stand and then nice. like I blew him off for weeks after that. And he was, he kept pursuing me, but he's like seven years younger than me. And I was like, really? Who's this oh, kid? Fun. He's just like this, I mean, he's super hot, but I was like, he's this young kid new to LA. Like, you know, he's like young and naive and he's just doesn't know that much. And I, I had all these ideas or misconceptions about him that ultimately weren't true at all. And then like, I blew him off so many times and I, thank God he was persistent. And then we started hanging out and then I fell like madly in love with him and realized that I had had my head so far up my ass. I love when people surprise me though. Cause you I, 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 I judge people all the time all there and they're never what I expect yeah. them to be, which I love. I love yeah. when they're not, they don't live up to the stereotype that I kind of push on them in my head. So you have to, I think with dating, that's super important for people to like, to just be like, yeah, like you, everyone has this idea in their head of who they're supposed to be with, you know, like whatever that is. And, um, you can be like, okay. it's usually not. I mean, no, no. yeah, you don't know. It's, it's not, like it's like anything in life. You don't know what you're supposed to do or what you even want to do. Yeah, you don't know that what you want to do, what it actually entails. You don't get to know if you want to do it till you're actually doing it. Right. Yeah. So you don't you don't know. Like the thing I think about getting into a serious relationship is, unfortunately or fortunately, you learn things about yourself that you may or may not have wanted to know. You know, and I think people with intimacy issues are they're just terrified of finding those things out about themselves. Yeah, they don't right. want a mirror held up in front of them yeah. so they can see their ugly parts, but it's like everyone has them and if you're ugly it's more like if you're if you're ugly part your bad parts, I forget who said this to me. I don't know if it was you or somebody, but if your demons mesh well together, yeah. then you're a good you're a good match. See cuz I wasn't you or somebody else. I think that like, you know, with my boy my boyfriend, he was like goofy and silly and you know, maybe I had this idea in my head that I was I was, you know, I wanted to be super cool and like super like like, you know, and then I'd be like, I, I'm not cool. Like, I'm like silly and goofy and dorky. And like, that's I'm like so happy that he got me like out of my head and was able to just like be myself. And I had just lived in L.A. for too long, you know, yeah, and like yeah. been single for too long where you become like it gets exhausting. I, we only travel to L.A. for like weeks at a time. But I'm like, yeah, living there would it's such a different vibe from from New York. Yeah. In terms of the social interaction and the date. I mean, dating's shit here, too, but in a different way. <laughs> Yeah, you just, you know, you're like with the right person when you like just actually don't care what anyone thinks anymore at all. Yeah. Um, so how do you maintain relationships on the road? Is there any maintenance or because sometimes when I'm on the but I'm not on the road nearly as often as you guys. I we really don't talk that much because I'm busy and we don't feel the need to always. I think you're at that place like, yeah, Phil and I don't talk that much. We'll text a little bit and yeah. we try to FaceTime so he can like see Mira. But I, I think to you sext. Just kidding. You don't have to do you sex? That. We don't. I don't sex. sex. We don't. Yeah. I, I think never sex. We don't do that life. either. Yeah, early I've on in touring, he, we, we were always trying to like video chat like sexy. Sex. But it, but again, <laughs> we'd be sharing rooms. So I'd like go into the bathroom and turn the and, shower like, on and, and turn on the blow dryer. <laughs> <laughs> so awkward. Yeah. And, and I'd be like, it's just not hot. This is yeah. taking me out of this. I can't, you know. Yeah. The mood needs to be set for me. It's very, and the littlest thing can take me out of the mood, like something like dropping right. in the background or whatever. It's hard. Noise. Yeah, it's it's hard to translate. It's like translating, you know, the Odyssey into like into English or something. Yeah. It's, it's hard to translate lovemaking into texting. It doesn't. Yeah. It's just never right. It's always kind of awkward, you know. She's good at well, sex. Good at it, should, it should not be lovemaking. That's your first mistake. It should be. <laughs> She's the master. The dirtiest, sexter. most disgusting thing that you almost like wouldn't say to someone in person because you love and respect them too much. <laughs> so whatever that nasty thing is, you can say that on sex. I heard we, we do this bit. 
um, in our live stage show called Sexting Theater. Yeah. Where we ask anybody in the audience, like, who's sex? Because I don't, we, at first we started reading our own because Corinne's were so graphic and, and like hot and great. But mine was like, don't go to sleep yet. I just need to take my contacts out when I get home. Like it's, it, mine's so not sexy at all. But we you leave out those details. Yeah, you're not supposed <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but we've read people's sex and I'm like, God damn. Are they funny though? Some of them are funny. Some of them, I can't even read. One guy, he was gay guy. Oh, they always have the best ones. They're like, I want to suck a fart out of your ass. And I was like, I don't even, I don't even want to say it. Oh my God. And I was like, I have never, I am not, I am not, nothing shocks me anymore just because we've been doing this for three years and I've, I want to suck a fart. It takes a special person though to write that and to have it it be sexy and serious. Yeah. yeah, but I'm like, well, I I'm just... in awe. I was impressed. I was envious. I was like, I wish I could get that turned on. I'm not a poet like that, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess sexting probably only works when you don't know each other that well. Yeah. Because I feel like no, that's, that's true. Because then it just becomes I, comedy if you're right. doing like, that with somebody you know. Just like, come you home. Can't. No, there's just there's sexters and then there's non sexters. That's all it comes down to, yeah. you know. I flirted over text with with guys like yeah, at the very beginning of relationships because you haven't gone there yet with them, and you're like, ooh, what if your shirt was off and that seems edgy to you at the time because you've never been intimate with that person. So that I get, but then after when you've been with someone for so long, I'm like, let's just have sex, <laughs> like in person. Yeah, yeah, like my one of my best friends, her and I like tell each other everything, so I get to like hear about her dating life and she would like she would read me like show me some of her like sexts with guys and like you know they would just say one wrong word and it would throw her off if, if they were like i want to worship your anus and then she's anus. like i hate the word the fact that he said anus so like clinical it you know it turned me off i kind of agree with her yeah <laughs> that, yeah that, that can take that can take me out like of don't it. say but yeah if someone was like vagina then they try to be sexy about it i'd be like same pussy Mm, I don't Vagina's know. fine to me, but I remember one time she said that this guy was calling it like her flower and it creeped her out. Whoa. Yeah, that's, that's like, because that's what like children use. Yeah. Like, that's what like my aunt uses with my uh, cousins. Yeah, she felt like it was like child molesty and it creeped her it, out. Yeah, that does sound 100%. Weird. Well, anytime a guy tries to make use anything like infantile or childlike to me that I don't, I really don't like that. Even though that's some people's kink, really not. Some me. people have a baby in kink. Yeah. Where they wear a that. diaper. Absolutely about not. that, I'm like, Fascinating. Even like pigtails, I can't handle. That's I'm an adult person, and oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, I want to talk real quickly about uh, like writing uh, music together. Nice. <laughs> I saw it coming this time. Um, about writing music together. Uh, do you when you sit down to like write a song? Ha- what's the process like? Yeah, the fuck you do that. That just you it's have always some, different. I can't wrap my head around. And it's so elusive, the creative process, you know, sometimes it's it's always different and it's like a muscle. You just have to keep you have to get through those awkward moments to like you have to mine through the the coal to find the diamond, you know, <laughs> so true. Yeah. But it's it's really just honestly, like every every type of way anyway. Yeah. We do like we can do you write always together or will one of you bring a song and be like, oh, I wrote this or mostly we write together, mm-hmm. but occasionally um you know, like Lindsay's really written a couple that she brought almost completed. Mm-hmm. I'll have like sections that I've written in my head that I'll try to mm. like Frankenstein. Do you do music first some... or lyrics first? It can be either or. It's either okay. or. We do do a lot of free jamming. 
Oh, so you probably come up with really good stuff. Yeah, because comics come up with a lot of great stuff while riffing. Yeah, yeah. And so you get yeah. so much material doing that. Riffs so that and sense. beats that are like sick yeah. that like feel like something. And then and then we'll try to figure out like what do we inject in there? You know, we'll pour through our lyric notebooks and look for stuff. Sometimes it's just a title. We have a mm. title of a song and we're like, okay, let's oh. look let's into make that something topic. out of it. But that's, you know, most of the time, like, I don't really like sit around waiting for that magic moment of like, creativity lightning to like strike me and then like I just like go to my guitar and the song comes out like it's something you have to work at you yeah. know like I mean a lot of this last record Femagism was written with um, Nick Zinner from the Yaya Yaz our producer not oh. written with him but he was producing our record so he would like be in the room and he'd be like alright you guys just start writing and he would record us mm. and we would start jamming in front of him which was oh, wow. at first very nerve wracking Yeah, because yeah, you're geez. just like this sounds like shit you know <laughs> but then yeah. once you get comfortable with it and we, we would do like one idea for like five or ten minutes then move on to another idea and then move on to another mm. and then at the end of that we would pick like the coolest one and he and then we would like develop that into a song so having that pressure, like I work really well under that sort of pressure personally, like totally. having, you know, who wrote the lyrics to smile more. It's my favorite fucking song in the universe. The, the, when you say uh, the that's the one I play for you in the car yeah. and you're like, who the fuck is we were this like band? that? We were like, we have to we purchase want that this to be, for our TV show. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's right, the, the, cool. I've <laughs> never I've never I've, it's perfect. Uh, I love the part when you say, yes, I am a feminist, but that isn't why I'm doing this. Because uh, what what in your head was that any was there anything behind that for you? Why you wrote that? Because I feel that way all well, the yeah. fucking time. Like, I mean, that's the thing about being like, I guess, like the other. Right. Like a minority or a woman in uh, an industry where it's frustrating because you are constantly pigeonholed as that thing. And it's like. You can't just be a band. You have to constantly talk about what it's like being a woman in rock and roll, which then like kind of makes you into this sort of niche thing. But it's like, yeah, we're women, but we just want to be like complete people. We want to just be a band. So it's like it's it's the struggling with that. It's like, yeah, of course we want like of course we're feminists. We want equality and all these things. But like we get, you know, we get reduced to only being that and that's all yeah. we ever get to talk about. And, and it's they put really you on frustrating. That, people put you on that pedestal. Like we didn't even call ourselves that until people started calling us that. And then... No, that's but that's pretty much what happened to us. Yeah. Too. Like on the first album cycle, we, got, we started getting asked about it so much that we started preparing answers, mm. you know? And then, then in our creative process, we started responding to it as well i mean that's what like feminism that's why I love, the name of the album yeah yeah that's why i love that <clears throat> lyric because everyone i mean and i asked you this at the beginning and i i i gotta figure out better questions that don't have i it's have to do with set your sex in like specifically an industry because i hate when we get asked that well, yeah, all because people always time. ask is why you uh, what's it like being a female comedian well what it's like is having to answer this question yeah. 67 yeah. times and it's like yeah. stop saying female comedian we're just a comedian no one says how what's it like being a male comedian or what's it like being a, a man a rock female star teacher. that's not it's Something like well that's all we ever get to talk about basically you know so i understand like, like we're, yeah there's so much more than that it's like if there was a way to like to i don't know to not have to talk about that it would be awesome yeah but if, if we could eliminate 
even honestly, the word feminism, it would be great if we didn't need that word yeah. anymore. That would be it would fucking be. awesome because we. Or I if feel that like, word wasn't like a weird niche thing. Yeah. Exactly. Or you people didn't want to like vomit when they heard it or Like it was like, just equality. Like yeah. it was yeah. like a given. Like, you know, yeah. being a feminist isn't like being a vegan. No, not at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so different. More people are feminists than probably even realize it. Like, yeah, exactly. It's not like a weird niche life choice that everybody needs to like look into. It's logic to, to me. Try to understand why. Would you want women? It's to, just not why that. Why do you? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? It's not complicated. We want to be treated with equal respect. How the fuck? It was everyone a word that was really it. like slandered by like the far right when it when it like you know decades ago with like feminazi that was all created by the far right to really make people like dislike oh, yeah. the whole concept to of fuck up feminism when it make it and make it into something yucky and gross. You know, um, clearly it's still a thing that's threatening to to men yeah men, men feel threatened by it yeah inherently like when it should be they, sexy it should be like mm, feminist yeah they don't understand it they, so they, ironic they think it means you hate men or you yeah. think that men's rights should be taken away or something like that or like somehow men will be dethroned or whatever it just it's like a threat it threatens like, the status know, quo how do we get yes and there i didn't really think there were truly men who thought that feminism truly they're not trying to be funny they're not trying to be an asshole they truly thought of men anti-men i'm like yeah. What, do you, what do we have to do to that's a lot of say that, that that's men. Yeah, not, that's definitely a lot. And men. it's also women True. too. There's a lot of women who I think know. that way. Absolutely. They're like you're a feminine and, and it's like Jesus Christ, we're talking about it's like all right, can we just not can we just I want to almost ignore the word and not give it so much attention so that it doesn't get so needs a new word or something. Well, yeah, yeah, it's femagism. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, it also comes with responsibility. I think there are some women who just like kind of like don't want to step up and and be equal because it mean it really it means more work, honestly. Or it means that they then have to be pigeonholed into this thing, which I understand now it's super frustrating when like, oh, you're a feminist. So it's like, you're a feminist band. Like, we're just a band. You're a band. Yeah. Cause they, and we want to yeah. be treated like equals, but like now you're like reducing us into this weird right. little Because the thing. irony is the, I feel like the bands that I, that who are willingly like, I am a feminist band is like, I don't like your music. This kind of sucks. Yeah. Like when they really, know. when they parade the title, I always feel, every, anytime I any, see anybody like parading the title, it's just this, I don't know. It it never comes off. It comes off weird. I don't know. Do you write songs topically? Like this is something that I see and this is bothering me and I really want to talk about this in a creative way. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's how, I mean, that's how I uh, write jokes, which I think makes it, the, it harder for me than it needs to be. <laughs> um, uh, and also bigger than it needs to be. Uh, but they're but- good jokes. Well, thank you. <laughs> but I'm also like trying to do too much with like, I'm like, it's also, it's like, a, it's just a fucking joke. How do you, do you ever worry about like getting too political or preachy in your songs? Like where, where it's, you're yelling at people instead of like having a conversation through music? Well, yeah, that was, all those women questions, like those feminism questions make you. Well, with you... Smile More, for instance. So I wrote most of the lyrics to that song and like the, the feminist line was very, um, divisive I guess um there was someone we were working with at the time who was like he's like felt like that word would alienate people and that I could say that without saying it and Mm. it kind of became a big discussion and again and and it's it's the way it was in that song was the perfect way that I wish everyone said and used that word and that's like people and then so many people responded to that line in the song and love it and it's like their favorite line and um so it it, you know it's interesting yeah it's it's a it's a divisive word, I guess. Or I don't something. know. I, we have a lot, you know, we've been, we've been really like post gaming 
as this album cycle's been wrapping up, we've been looking at our career arc and thinking about how it's going, where it's going, where it was and all this stuff. And um, in the context of that, like the feminist thing that was put on us and then which we were like, okay, like, cool. Okay. So we're going to take that and we're going to say this, you know, Um, and we definitely have some friends in bands in girl bands, if you will, (laughs) who didn't ever like court that. Right. And that seemed to have benefited them. So I mean, yeah, it's, it's you're like pigeonhole, the pigeonhole, right, right, right. But also, I think there's like a whole group of people who feel alienated and threatened by it, who think, who who just unfortunately will see the pictures of us and see like the word feminist, and they they'll have no idea like, that we, we come I don't out want any part of that. <laughs> right. We, we play like heavy, like giant dick and balls cock rock. You know what I mean? They just don't. They won't ever think we do that, and they won't. They'll miss yeah. out on a thing they would have loved because we play yeah. a very like masculine type of music, like a super macho. Well, it's just world, really like, sexy, and it's really. I actually. I mean, why do you say masculine? Because I. I think. I think it's so sexy, and it's because you guys are women. Well, I think traditionally, it's feminine, but... the genre of rock and roll has been very male dominated. You right. know, and women would tend to do like a more um, delicate types of music. Oh, right. Right, right, right. Um, you know, yeah, or, or sing, sing or like, a lot I'm of going to play the piano and that's yeah, it. or a lot of Which women good, without but... even realizing it. I think kind of um, the, the point of view they write songs from is as sort of like the victim of like, you know, their lover left them or they're pining after someone they can't have or this whole, you know, yeah, that narrative that is point of view is like over and over again. And that's a narrative we 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 try to like not use too often. So from that perspective, yeah, I guess it's just more traditionally uh, masculine, but in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But not, not actually just in like the gender construct sort of true, way, true, true, true. you know, what's your fan demographic like? It's a, it's really across the board, middle-aged men, but <laughs> nice, but baby boomers love rock and roll. Yeah. Middle-aged men like mm-hmm. love rock and roll, you know? Yeah, sure. Like all of our dads, I'm sure, you know, yeah. my I, dad was at my Woodstock. My dad would love you guys. His, he's like his Cindy Lauper is his favorite person. We've seen Cindy Lauper together like 12 times <laughs> here. In Dude, fact, amazing. it was one of the last times we saw her. Is that his celebrity crush? Uh, no, Susan Sarandon's his oh. celebrity crush. It's a good oh, crush a to good have. Mm-hmm. Wait, even though she said she's glad Trump is president. Uh, I'm sure not politically anymore. But it was more of like his aesthetic type. And he also yeah. thinks Nicole Kidman's very beautiful. Yeah, she is very beautiful. She, that's, <laughs> yeah, she's pretty. Um, well, thank you guys so much for talking with us. Thank this you. Really fun. Thank yeah. you so much for having so us. So excited to see you play tonight. Yeah. Yes. Holy shit. It's been an amazing tour with Blondie and Garbage. That's They're so cool. A lot of Whoa. powerful women yes. on this tour. I mean... I'm so obsessed with Shirley Manson. I can't even handle it right now. Oh, She's yeah. The best. I'm so excited. Do you guys get nervous around like badass rock stars like her? Um, Not around Shirley. Shirley's so easy to be around. She's so like, she's so warm and like so down to earth. And, and Debbie is so cool and so kind. But I get a little intimidated around Debbie just because she's like, you know, a total icon. She's a legend. She's yeah. Debbie and Harry. she's 72. So, I, I, I feel unworthy. I'm like, 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 unworthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I just feel so like, unworthy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm in your presence. But I mean, oh, yeah. she's amazing. And I'm like in it. love with her. But I just want to like, I want to know everything. If I could, I would just like pick her brain. And I want to know everything about like her life and like what drove her to music. But then I don't want to bug her. So I try to play it cool, you know? Yeah. So that's why if like we don't tour with other people comedians but if we did like a like sarah silverman or something i would just go in a room and be like what you doing what's what you, what you thinking and i would just pick her brain and kind of force her to totally like <laughs> um what where can we find you guys what do you want to promote your what, music tour, yeah. your website whatever 
Um, yeah. So we just actually released an unplugged EP. Um, I of, so good. It's so good. Thank I you. Thank uh, four you. songs off Femagism. So that's what we're hustling heavily at the moment. Okay, Perfect. awesome. Yeah, that's on uh, iTunes and anywhere you'd buy music digitally. And then we've got Femagism, which is our second record. We've got Cistrionics, which is our first record. And, um, and make sure, you know, everyone knows how to spell our band name because that is a D-E-A-P. And then D-E-A-L-L-E-Y. Valley with no, no E. e. Yeah. No E. No That's e. what I meant. That's what I said. E-A-P-V-A-L-L-Y. I noticed it on the marquee Why, and I was like, mental uh, note. Any reason? Any fun <laughs> fact? Or you're just like, yeah, fuck normal spelling. Kinda. I mean, my name's spelled weird. It, I kind of like it. Yeah. It's kind of. You're Hungarian though, right? Or something? No. No? Like, no. <laughs> my mom literally like. Some friend suggested that she spell Christina the way she did. And I she was like, so okay. I like it because it's different. And yeah. we have, um, yeah, we have some new music videos we just came out with. Um, with like, my boyfriend is a very talented film director and he's done, uh, he did our critic video for us. He did, he just did like an unplugged, the unplugged turn it off video. He's done, um, and we have uh, several more that he's done that should be coming out soon. Oh, wow. So definitely check that those out. Awesome. And then, um, wait, you- including one. That was my thesis film in film school about penis phobia. And he took it and he re-edited it into a music video for our song. This is so fucking Wait, crazy. Because I got to say, the whole time I've been sitting here and I'm like, this is Christina. This is Corinne. Yes. And I went to film school and your boyfriend made... This is Yeah, he's a music crazy. video director. That's how I met him. I was in his music video for okay. uh, oh, you the Wonder Years. The I didn't want to say video. anything oh, and make everyone chick. feel weird. But now that took it over the edge and I had a, I had a vocal. Amazing. <laughs> I love that. I was the, the homely one. <laughs> Jeez, but damn. I took my glasses off at the end, and I was like, "See, I'm pretty Ooh. too." In their t- very Rachel Lee Cook. They're like, yes. "I'm not unattractive at all, but I'm gonna put these fake glasses." And then on. I'm gonna be ugly and a troll. Um, <laughs> that's so fun. Yeah, and you guys met someone like I was her intern uh, when we met, and then she saw me do stand up, and she was like, um, "It's a, a, t- a talent management company called Liebman Entertainment." I was trying to be Ari from Entourage for a couple years after film school. Mm-hmm. So. Wow, that's cool. yeah, go girl. Yeah. Where'd you go to film school? Uh, SVA School of Visual Arts, Twenty oh, Third Street. In her junior year, these it was a junior year, right? Amy Schumer was mm-hmm. the lead in her movie. Yeah, and then wow. she like very cool. I'm very good at casting. I, I like I truly I'm like I have an, you I, really so are. many people that I've cast. You casted me as your comedy partner. Became yeah, yeah. became like people like huge people. Later. Yeah, we got to see Amy do like a taping for her last time she did her show, like her stand up portion. She came out on stage. We we're sitting in the front row, and she's fucking. He- I mean, she was still huge. She wasn't as big as she is now, but. She was still everywhere and she came out on stage. She's like, oh my God, Corinne, hey, how are you? And like, just pause the taping to talk to her. I was Amazing. Like, so mm-hmm. fucking cool. Yeah, she's badass. I love her. Yeah. None of my people, uh, none of my people ever became famous. <laughs> Not yet. Well, Wait you're until a musician. That video you never know. Out, you know? never know. You never know. Well, no, that penis video. Did you have penis phobia? Or it was just about like, yeah, I had total creative... penis phobia. Are you kidding? Really? Yeah. Boner phobia, right? Would, yeah, would yeah. you see a boner and run away? No, I didn't see it. I felt it, and I didn't understand how any body part could be hard like that, other than like an elbow or a knee. <laughs> and I became terrified. <laughs> what? It freaked me out when I found out you could like actually break a penis. Yeah, that's terrifying. Wait, when you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like it's apparently it's rare. I don't know. But, I really I haven't met a lot of others who had it, but I definitely. So how did you was over- about conquering that? Giving a hand job, right? Overcoming it. Yeah, giving a hand job. Did you give a hand job on camera? I'm not. I didn't act in the film. She directed oh. it. Oh, 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 oh. wait. But is that how you actually got over your fear of boners? How do you get over fear of boners? 
Well, obviously, you, just, you have to just like face it head on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great film, though, and I'm so happy that John Stavis turned uh, turned it into a music video that's going to be coming It'll out. It'll have soon. a new life. It's really, oh, really awesome. That. I'm excited to see that. Yeah, there's one of the shots is like from the point of view of the penis, which is very that's, cool. You know what? That's a good. That's good. We need. We need to see that. Yeah. More. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Thank you guys so much for talking with us. <laughs> and also, one more thing. We just came out with a video uh, for the song Julian. Did you see that one? No, I didn't see that video, but it's I love that song. really fun. It's and the best. one of my best friends, Erica Clevenger, directed that one. Um, oh, so check that one out as well. Dope. Yeah. Wow. It's a monster mash. You guys have a lot of music to listen to, a lot of videos to yeah. watch. Uh, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thanks for having us, yeah. ladies. It's such an honor. <laughs> oh, it's an honor for us. So Thank fun. You. So many chatty ladies. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Guys We Fucked the Anti Slut Shaming Podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. Again, this episode was brought to you in part by Third Love. Bra shopping is a drag, but what if you could skip all the hassle and find a perfect fitting bra in minutes? Check out Third Love. Their Fit Finder quiz recommends the bra that's right for you, uh, your shape, and your size. Now you can try one of their bras free for 30 days. Just pay $2.99 for shipping. Go to thirdlove.com slash GWF to find your perfect fitting bra and try it for 30 days for free thirdlove.com slash GWF.